she are, yeah, 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 yeah. So I've yeah. seen how media and white journalists in particular oh, oh, busting nuts over drill and drill. The man nuts. said, <laughs> busting nuts. Listen, certain editors, it's their personality trait. <laughs> it's their personality trait. <laughs> So, and I've heard verbatim, verbatim, verbatim. It's their personality. Yeah, thing. no, I'm sorry. Like, it's just so. You can't walk a lick without playing Heady One, Central C, A, oh, someone else. It's so strange to me, but some of the way these white journalists and editors that I've dealt with over the years, the, the enthusiasm that they seem to have for these rappers and their stories <laughs> and their backgrounds, it's just so weird to me. It's meanwhile, you're like some. 37 year old white man from Newcastle and it's just like (laughs) it's just so strange to me so that's Hello guys and welcome to a new season of Don't Let The Stands. This is season eight and you are here today with your hosts, Eden McKenzie and... Nicholas Terrell. And Chopin. And guys, we are so grateful to be here right now. Can't believe it's season eight already. Been in this podcast game, all three of us, for about almost four years now. Talking about music and culture. And we just want to say welcome to anyone new who's joining us on this podcast. And just to say, we are Don't Let The Stands. We are a music and culture podcast with a marked focus on stand culture. But in a nutshell, what that means is we talk all things music and anything to do with what's going on in the world right now and how it relates to culture overall. So yeah, we're going to start off by just asking how everyone's doing. But first and foremost, I just want to say to you listeners, how are you doing? We've been away for about four months now. It was December 21st, our last episode. And it's been a while since we've spoken. So much has happened recently. You know, energy prices going up, what's going on in Ukraine. And we send our condolences and love to everything that's going on in Ukraine at the moment. But overall, we just want to see how you're doing because it's been a very trying last few months. So please feel free to join the conversation at D-A-T-S-P-O-D. And just, you know, let us know how you're doing. We're going to go straight in to see how everyone else is doing because it's been a while since we've all spoken. So, Nick and Chope, how are you doing? Uh, Do you want to go first, Chope? You can go. It's all good. Cool. I was having figuring out how I felt. Like, literally. <laughs> but um, no, it's actually been a bit longer for myself. So it's a bit, a bit weird. I was like trying to find my mic earlier. Um, it was just like, oh, like that's a part of like, that was a part of something like way back when. But like, it's so weird to like do this setup at home again. But it's not bad weird. It's like good weird. It feels like refreshing to be back and kind of talk music in a different way like offline um with people who have a mutual kind of love and passion for it um yeah like a lot changed has changed since I left the mic um, temporarily and stuff like that and it's a new year obviously so yeah like weather is crazy London's crazy emotionally being up and down but um yeah excited to see what this season has um has in store to be honest but yeah good to be back how are you Shopee? um yeah likewise um it, a lot has definitely changed there's been a lot of uh lessons and revelations and epiphanies that definitely uh came um in a big flux towards the end of last year but i feel like even 
already as we approach April, work, I've already gone through quite a few changes as Legacy taught us in 2009. Um, yeah, you know, and yeah, likewise, it's interesting to be back in a weird way. It's like, oh, wow, we're doing this again. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad we, we're here. Um, I'm very appreciative of everyone that um, uh, has tweeted us or DM'd us or people I've met in person and, you know, said good things. And of course, I'm happy that the three of us are back together. You know, as always, life is good. Capitalism is long. But, you know, here we are. You know, I just think now I'm in a place where I'm just trying to be more intentionally positive and um, step out on faith a bit more than I used to. So I'll leave it at that. See, Eden, I was open today. <laughs> and we love to hear it, as always, man. And I appreciate the fact that you were open. Um, yeah, man. Um, for me, it's been pretty much the same. Um, we haven't really spoken on this podcast since December. So it's been, well, four months. Yeah, four months. Uh, we usually take about two months in between a season, two to three months, just to kind of, you know, have a break and go back to our normal lives. Um, for me, I've been basically just doing a lot of work trying to figure out what I want to do next where I want to go next kind of what's next for me individually um I'm in a writing group now and we write every morning and um just trying to be a bit more creative kind of tap into that side of myself and um yeah that's pretty much me man like I just feel like I'm in a good space I'm happy to be here right now um you know I also want to give a shout out to Benga so um, I went to get some food um, with one of my best friends, Amara, and one of the listeners, one of our listeners, um, who goes by the name of Benga, approached me and was just like praising the show, um, sending loads of love and kind of just letting us, basically shouting us out. Um, he was like, oh, I love Shopee's opinions. And I was like, oh, you love Shopee's opinions. Okay, cool. Um, and yeah, he was talking about being Nigerian and like he's rep- represented for Nigerians and stuff like that. Passed it on to Shopee. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to Rachel Dati as well. Um, so she approached me. This was, I think it was two months ago or something like that, whilst I was at a housewarming. And she was just like, love the podcast, um, love what we're doing, all of the above. Already gave both of these people a shout out on uh, my other podcast, This Is We. But I just kind of wanted to give them individual shout outs on this podcast as well, because this is the one they said first. Um, but overall, I feel really good and it's nice to hear that people are kind of listening to this podcast and engaging in it in a positive way um and saying that if you're listening to this podcast right now please feel free to send in a voice note there'll be something in the bio that you can click on and it will allow you to record a voice note just to send your love or anything along those lines like recommendations or anything we're happy to kind of hear from you engage with you and really kind of see who's listening to the podcast we're always surprised so feel free to send anything whatsoever. But like I said, it's been four months. So I imagine there's a lot of music that all three of us have listened to. There's definitely been a lot that's been released around the world. Um, so we'll go straight into the music section. So Shopee, do your thing, man. And before we do that, I also want to do a quick shout out. Um, I was out for my first birthday on Saturday and... I bumped into someone, well, actually, this person was with us, my group of friends. Um, his name is Kwame, um, known as the V underscore prototype 09 on Twitter. And he was just uh, gushing and saying wonderful things about us and what we do. And 
naming specific particular episodes and coming to me if you know respecting winter runner and um <laughs> yeah and like he's just like yeah he says like our commentary is top notch so i had a great time with you on saturday sir jokes all around funny times but also thank you once again for taking the time to listen to us and really fuck with us because like i said you were naming like specific episodes and things that we've all said and stuff like that so thank you very much and um yeah music yeah, music yeah, i'm gonna pause you for literally five seconds if you could rate this podcast five stars you'll be helping us out in incredible ways that we wouldn't be able to describe if you could also subscribe to us on apple Podcasts or spotify it helps us let the big guys know that we actually have an audience and we can continue to grow as an independent podcast and bring music culture to you on different levels so please guys subscribe and review the podcast love always back to listens so doing this again i have quite a few this week i guess because it's the first week back you know let's um you know do a big jumble um i only have one new song i'm gonna not lie to you uh so i'm really in research historian uncle mode this week um because i think i tweeted from the account like a few weeks ago that i just don't have the energy to listen to things when they come out anymore like there are so many mm. a plethora of things that have already come out in 2022 so many but artists that i love artists that i want to get more into but i just i don't know i'm just like uh, i just i think i'm just happy like when i'm ready just when i'm ready like for example even jasmine sullivan's the deluxe edition of her album hotels came out I don't even know. Life is just weird now. Was that even last? Was that end of last year? Beginning of this year? Either way, I feel like I only, I think I listened to it once when it came out. And then I said, oh, the songs weren't that great. You could have kept most of them. And then last week when I was washing my dishes, as I do, I was giving it a listen. And I actually feel like that was the first time where I actually was getting into it and actually taking it in properly. And I actually have a different opinion of it now. That's not one of my listens. I'm just giving an example. So I have no opinion on Lucky Day. I have no opinion on Adekunle Gold. I have no opinion on Sabo. I have no opinion on several things that have come out these last few months. Alex Isley, don't have an opinion at the moment. Remo, have no opinion. I'm sorry. Neo Arcas, have no opinion. I'm so sorry. I just... Ego Eleme, Asha, Santi... Koji, Koji Radical, my guy. I, I, yeah, I have nothing. I'm sorry. Tanasha's re-release, Robert Glasper. There's just been too much. I'm sorry, guys. I just, I'm just not there. I'm just not there right now. Um, I just think when the time comes, when the spirit moves me, certain projects will find their way, find their way back to me. Like I said, Jasmine Sullivan's um, deluxe edition of hotels, but as of now, that is not really my steez right now. But I have one, so I'll start with that. So um, Joyce Rice, a few weeks ago, she released her new single, Ice Tea, um, produced by Kate Renata. Um, she is hands down definitely one of the, one of my favorite of the new R&B girls. Like, well, I can't even be saying new. I think she's definitely had a big wave in the last year as her debut album came out, Overgrown. But she has, she has released EPs and songs here and there over the years, but she's kind of mainly been known for like, being a feature artist on songs with like um, the Free Nationals and West Side Gun and a bunch of other artists. Um, oh, Buddy, so I can go on. 
And um, yes, yeah, so she released a new single earlier this year, well, a few weeks ago, called IST. And I was going to start off by saying, Kitchenada doesn't miss. That man never misses. It just, he can never go wrong. And Joyce has got a hit on her hands with this one. Like, I know we usually just like music and say it's good, but I really do feel if everyone gets their ducks in the row, especially because it's still early, it's only March, this could be a bubbling, slow-burning summer hit. It's a great song. Honestly, I've, I haven't had it on repeat literally since it came out. I can't wait to see what else she comes up with later this year. I actually did interview her at the end of last Jif Dummy magazine. Check that out if you haven't already. Check it out. Thanks. Um, and she did tease that there will be more music coming out this year. I don't know if that's going to be an album or an EP, but we are definitely going to be getting some new music this year. And if this is the first glimpse and taste of that, we're already off to a good start. So I highly recommend it, guys. And if you haven't checked out her other work, please do. You will not miss out. She, like I said, she is definitely pulling from the 90s and 2000s sound, but it's not like lazy. It's very much of the now. It's very a modern take, like the spirit of those eras in there, but it's not like a lazy rehash trying to recreate those essences. So that's my first one. Um, we're going to now go to Peter Tosh. I have no idea where this came from. But like I said, with the spirit moves you. So uh, Peter Tosh, um, I, if we all know him, a reggae musician, legendary rest, musician, rest in peace, um, member of the Whalers, yep. um, but also had his own esteemed solo career. So I don't know what happened, but last week, uh, one of his songs, I Am That I Am, just randomly came to my heart and I just played it and ended up playing the whole album. And this was an album. So the album is called Equal Hearts and I believe it came out in 1977. And this is an album that I grew up on. This is an album that I have many memories of being in the car with my parents or just at the house. I said this before, I think that my dad was a massive reggae fan. Yep. And yeah, I don't know why that's, this album has just been on my spirit. And it's just like, and I said this before when Bunny Wheeler died, I said, I don't know what it is, but when it comes to like reggae, especially roots reggae, I just feel like there's just no such thing as a bad song. It's just like, it all bags. It just all bags. Like it makes you think, you can jig, you can groove. It's just a vibe. It's yeah. just a vibe. So I really have nothing to say on that, but it's just a great album. So that, hold on one second. Equal rights. I think I said equal hearts. I don't know why I said that. But anyway, standout songs for me on that. I am that I am. Down Presser Man, African, Apartheid, Jargad, but Pan-African, Pan-Africanists out there. Hallelujah. Yes. Um, next up Wait, just before you move on to the next one I just want to say with regards to Peter Tosh He doesn't receive his flowers And funnily enough A few months ago I was watching a documentary on him Because um, a lot of Jamaicans Talk about Peter Tosh As the standout star In the Whalers um, you know, Bob Marley gets the kind of credit And in my opinion He deserves it because of everything that he did But there is Peter Tosh For example who kind of spoke about a lot of the injustices in Jamaica before it was popular and before Bob Marley actually did. Um, Peter Tosh claims to have taught Bob Marley how to play guitar. I don't know how true that is, um, but he was a very influential musician um, and he definitely doesn't get his flowers. Um, I guess it's kind of the whole idea of marketability um, and, you know, 
light skin privilege, all of the above is why Bob Marley was kind of pushed to the front. You know, Bob and Marley's music spoke, singer. and he was a lead singer, but his music, Bob Marley's music spoke for itself as well. Um, but yeah, Peter Tosh, great musician. Um, and I just wanted to quickly just say that. All right. Well, thank you for that insight. I need to find this documentary, so please WhatsApp it to me. I would like to watch it because I actually yeah. was reading about him a few days ago. And I knew he was dead, but I didn't know how he, he died. So he was murdered in a home invasion, which was quite tragic. Yeah, he was. He was robbed. Um, they broke into the house and murdered him. I can't remember how, what, yeah, like they, why. They, they Yeah, they tortured him for a couple of days and then they shot him. I didn't know that until last yeah. week. And I was like, oh, wow. I think it was like 43. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, so Pia Tosh. Next up, we have Tweet. Um, tweet, not as in Twitter. Tweet, the singer, Charlene Keys from the early 2000s, but forever. This isn't a decade show. Music is forever. So I've just been really listening to her entire catalog, really. Like, I just think I tweeted that she's just uh, a vocalist, a guitarist, a songwriter, a ranger that does not get her just dues, especially because I think we just look at her for just oops, oh my. And obviously great song, Banger, but it actually upsets me because people will hear that song and not even realise what she's actually truly capable of. And it kind of was like a blessing and a curse for her because it was a massive hit, put her on the map. But people don't actually realise that she's really a talented, multi-talented artist, like completely multifaceted. And it's like, her album, Southern Hummingbird, which turns 20, I believe, next week, actually, is hands down one of the best r albums of the 2000s. And if you haven't checked it out, you should. It's just, I just can't say anything. It's just, it's just damn good. But even beyond that, her most recent album, Charlene from 2016, incredible. That was, that's what kind of got me back into her. There's a song on there called Priceless, which is just the perfect song to play in the summer. It's just the perfect beautiful caressing song and she's just yeah the way she arranges the way she writes it's just a lush production she's only worked with the same producers her entire career she doesn't really branch out to be the hearts of the hearts she just works with the same group of people she takes her time in between projects i kind of get mad at that but i realize greatness takes time and then even her one of her eps simply tweet from 2013 incredible 70s inspired funk on that project um she just yeah tweet just everything southern hummingbird it's me again charlene even just all her unreleased stuff check out for anyone who's broken hearted at the moment i know you know whatever but get away move on let that song empower you lift your spirits <laughs> up um hallelujah right um i'm gonna be quite quick now because i don't know i do have quite a few but i'm just gonna say them quickly so the next one is uh, Time Is Ticking by Loose Ends. We don't know who they are. They are a British R&B funk um, post-disco group from the 80s. Um, do we have much to say on that? This song is from um, one of the later albums. It's just a great, great, great song. Very inspiring lyrics too. It's a banger. All my DJs out there, please incorporate that into your 90, your 90 sets. I beg. Thanks. Um, Billy Holiday, don't explain. I've been on a bit of a jazz tip um, quite a bit this week. Quite a few artists, but I'm not going to name them all. But Billy has definitely been one of his to a lot this week. I don't know why. Um, and her song, Don't Explain, has particularly been um, played a lot this week. It's just so haunting and just so dark. And the vocal performance is just so 
simply stunning because Billy didn't really have the biggest range, but the power in her voice was in, her, in its phrasing and in her delivery and its emotions. So I'll leave it at that. And then last but not least, I've been it. I've been a proud Beehive stand this week. Proud Eden and Nick are gonna roll their eyes right now, but I don't care. I'm speaking my truth. Um, let don't me do that. Be. Don't do that. Don't do that. So my girl. We're not starting the season with that. Let's not do that. My girl. Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter performed at the Oscars this week. Hilarious for many reasons. She performed um, Be Alive from the King Richard soundtrack. And I was so amped when I heard she was performing because I love this song. I just love, love this song. Shout out to Dixon, a great artist you should, you, who you all should be checking out. Amazing vocalist song, right? He produced this song. I just, I just love how anthemic this song is and how thick it is in the production. Like, it's just so... It's got like a hard bass, it's got like really hard guitars, but it's like funky. And it kind of has like a spiritual element too. And then also she's just singing, singing. I said it before that, you know, we've had trap Beyonce, rap Beyonce, cool, whatever. I want my girl to sing again. And that's what she did on this song. And then she did it again at the performance. Uh, just that her ad-libs, her runs, the growls, I was like, my girl, yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And yeah. I've had the song on repeat ever since. And I really hope she works with Dixon in the future. I know she's working on her new album right now, allegedly, supposedly, apparently. I want her, because like, they have great chemistry. That song is amazing. And when I think about the elements of what Dixon is an artist, I just think it works well where she is, and it'll be, but still kind of contemporary and modern. So shout out to her. And last but not least, this is my truly last one. Don't know why, once again, childhood stuff is coming back to me. So in the line of Beyonce being a Beehive member, Destiny's Child. I So on their very first album, self-titled, the one that no one acknowledges, um, which is a shame, but there's a lot of great electronic and house remixes towards the end. And as you guys may have remembered, I've been in my incense bag these past couple of um, years, exploring jungle, exploring house, exploring techno by Black people, of course. And... Yeah, so there's a song called Illusion on their first album, which was which was supposed to be the third single from their album, but Matthew knows it can't be moved on too quickly. But anyway, it's for another day. And at the end of the album, there's a house remix of that, which as a kid, I did not care for, did not understand. But now, with the ears that I have now, the much I have now, I'm like, I randomly played it a few days ago. And I'm like, wait, this is a banger. Yes, hallelujah songs a tune it's like eight minutes long it's just a really great soulful house kind of vibe for like so fans of like uh uh louis vega and that kind of vibe like so kind of like a whatever i can't really think of it right now but you get my point really like soulful disco house kind of vibe and it's new vocals um kelly and beyonce did their good singing on that and yeah that is i i'm gonna shut up now but to round up joyce rice iced tea Peter Tosh, Equal Rights, Tweets Entire Catalog, Loose Ends Time is Ticking, Billy Holiday Don't Explain, Beyonce Be Alive, Destiny's Child's Dub Illusions or Dub Illusions. Hallelujah. Eat it or Nick, do your thing. Nick, do you want to go next? Um, as always, I'm still deciding. So, <laughs> okay, cool. like, you can go first. Okay, cool. Um, for me, I'm just going to go with what I'm listening to at the moment. If anything pops up, from what I've been listening to before. I'll kind of mention that. All right, first and foremost, we're going to go with Shay Ekru. 
So this is Pain Pack 5. So Shay is an artist who I've kind of come across randomly every so often on like a playlist or um, is randomly come on shuffle on Spotify. But I decided to just give his project a listen and see kind of what the hype was about. He has a very small, not very small, he has a small following on SoundCloud and um, recently got sampled on No Guidance, which is the song by Drake and Chris Brown. Um, his song Before I Die was sampled on that song in particular um, and is getting a lot more tension as a, a response to that, which makes a lot of sense. So just some background. So Shay was born in Boston, Massachusetts. He's 21 years old and has about 12 million streams overall. Um, and on this project in particular, the songs that stand out for me are I Miss You Girl, Do It Again, Yes Indeed. It's very kind of trap soul-esque um, with kind of a unique approach, I would say. Um, the main thing that stands out for me is the production, Do It Again, and Yes Indeed are songs that I can hear playing at kind of um, drink ups or like clubs or all of the above. I've definitely been playing it in my car, enjoying it with the speakers and everything. So I would definitely recommend that this project if you're looking for kind of a chill album. If you enjoyed Trap Soul, you would enjoy this album. Um, there isn't a pain pack four through one um, that he just called this project pain pack five. Um, no idea why, um, but overall, it's a great project. And I'll definitely recommend it for anyone who kind of enjoys that sound. Um, so, yeah, that's Shay Ekru. Next, we're going to go to Colombia. So I've been listening to a lot of reggaeton lately. Um just been in that mood. I think the sun coming out on Saturday kind of inspired me to just listen to some reggaeton and just kind of enjoy. Um, I'm always a fan of the production for reggaeton and um, just the way that, um, I don't know, I just I just enjoy the variety that I get from like so many different artists. But I'm going to talk about J Balvin today. So I listened to Jose, finally, um, the self-titled album. I'm pretty sure you'll know who J Balvin is, but if you don't know who he is, he's a Colombian reggaeton artist, um, dubbed the Prince of Reggaeton. He has about 35 million um, streams overall, um, five kind of five Latin music awards, two time Grammy nominated and the first Latino to headline Coachella. Um, on this project, I'd recommend Vestido. I'm going to butcher these names, by the way, because I'm not Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, but um, Vestido Cite, Cite Atreves, I think it's called, um, Suerte and um, In the Ghetto. So Cite Atreves features Ion and Lennox. Um, they've got a song called, it's on the top of my, it's on to my, uh, what's it called? Yoy Voy. I love that song. Um, and it's featuring Daddy Yankee as well. But in terms of this project in particular, it's a very beautiful and kind of vulnerable project. I don't understand the lyrics. I'm going to be completely transparent. I haven't researched the lyrics. I've just been kind of sitting in the vibe and kind of just experiencing it for its audible quality. Sonically, it's a very beautiful project. Um, I wouldn't say that I listen to every single song on this project, even in the ghetto, which is a song that is produced by Skrillex, is a song that I listen to only in the car. And that's probably when I'm just chilling. Um, but I would say if you're looking for a good time, if you're looking for something to raise your energy levels, this project in particular is something that really just makes me happy overall. And I would say if the sun does come out at some point in the next two weeks or whenever, as we're in kind of autumn, spring, um, I would say play this album um, and hopefully the sun will come out and you'll be able to enjoy it. So that's J Balvin, Jose. 
And then next, we're going to move on to someone who was um, PR'd by someone on this podcast. So, Rema. So, Raven Roses. So, this project was something that I listened to um, this week for the first time. And I decided to listen to it because of the classic Manny. So, he was kind of talking to the account, talking about how great the project was. And um, I think he was saying that he was essentially imagining like a, a party or something when you listen to this album. And I absolutely understand what he means because I really, really enjoyed this project. And as a result, I've, I'm definitely going to watch out for a lot more of Rema's music. Um, Chope has kind of been talking about him for the longest time. Um, but actually getting into his music, I'm like, wow, this guy is incredible. I get what people are saying about kind of potential and um, kind of some of the limitations with language on this album. And um, that's something that was mentioned. I understand what is meant by that, but overall it is a, it is a vibe and I would recommend it to anyone who kind of likes Afro beats, Afro beat. I would even say if you like dance hall, um, this album is for you as well. This is something that you would hear at say um, like a, a, a dance hall event or even like a, uh, like a party you definitely hear this album i can think of at least five songs that you could play back to back and the party will be jumping um so i would recommend to you listening to divine dirty soundgasm um my favorite song is fyn featuring aj tracy don't know if we needed aj tracy on that song we didn't. just just keeping it a hundred um the chris brown feature i again don't know if we needed chris brown on that song um i kind of feel like americans when they jump on um like afrobeat song or even like um yeah just afrobeats when they jump on afrobeats they they kind of interact with it like it's it's like um west indian i find like they they start saying words like pum pum and stuff i'm just like i don't understand speak on it it's it's very confusing i i don't understand it's like they put this weird twang on their words as if they're trying to make an accent of some kind and Chris Brown on this album is kind of guilty of that he does that quite a lot on songs that I guess are kind of geared towards like West Indian audiences or even like African audience West African audiences um yeah it didn't really work for me personally but this project overall is great and I would definitely recommend that I feel like Chopin has something to say no I'm I'm very excited to listen to the album like I said obviously I've just not really had the mental capacity to dive into it but um you know you obviously you mentioned it yeah you know I um was doing his PR uh the year and the first year and a half that he was out um and when I just look at how far he's grown since then how far he's come since then it's just like wow wow like I just never I mean I just never thought the status he has now and obviously he still has so much more to grow and I really do think that this guy's limit him I do think I'm I'm one of those guys I do think he is going to be one of the pillars of West African music for contemporary African music I really do think he's going to be that um I've loved everything just about these last four years and can't lie it does bring me a bit of pride as well it's like ha I was part of the journey I was part mm -hmm. of the beginning and look at him now. Yep, PR by Chope. Yeah, yeah, but I'm excited. I'm excited. Like I said, I've I've loved every project. I've loved every Lucy. I've loved all this. I've loved all those songs like "Woman," "Ginger Me," "Lady." Uh, so many, so many, so so many songs that I've loved. Uh, Corny, 
so many bangers um, that he's been a part of. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just so excited he's finally put his debut album out because I know that they took his time with it. Like, there was a lot of pressure from the Nigerian audience, but like, he was just releasing EP, EP, EP. But, you know, I haven't heard it, but I'm, from what everyone has told me, it just brings um, true the old adage, greatness takes time. So I don't know when I'm going to hear it, but I know that when I do have the time or when I'm in the moment, I'm sure I'm going to be jigging. Yeah. Most definitely. And also just on that topic of like releasing EPs, like countless EPs before the album and your fan- fans kind of demanding it. I was listening to an interview by Nipsey Hussle um, a couple of weeks ago, where obviously it's an old interview. Um, Nipsey was talking about advice he received from 50 Cent with regards to releasing a debut album. When I do that pressure, top my school was hitting me. He's like, bro, you killing them. You did one thing wrong though. I'm like, what? Like, you called it a mixtape. Like, you should have called it your album, bro. You tripped. I'm like, nah, because I didn't want to have a sales history. 50 Cent told me that, man. He like, you know, years ago, he like hustled. He like, um, regardless of what they say, you in a good space because you never sold the album. So when you go back to negotiate your deal, you don't have a sales history. They're going to have to comp your perspective sales, which is what they think you might do. And you from the coast, you from LA, you got a big market. You know what I mean? They're going to compare you to artists like, you know what I mean, that have sold units on the West. And that's going to impact your negotiation. Whereas if you just, if you go indie and sell 20,000 units, they're going to base your, your deal off of that. And I'm like, damn, that's, that, that's good information. I never, I never thought of that. So I made sure that I didn't go to retail until I did my, my deal. You know what I'm saying? I can't remember who it was. Someone said that Nipsey made the mistake of when he released... Uh, what's it called? The marathon. So TMC, yeah. When he released TMC as a mixtape, um, someone said it was a mistake that should have been his debut album. But um, Nipsey said he got some advice from Fifty Cent, essentially saying that when you go to a label, you don't want a sales history. You don't want an album to say, you know, I sold this many units of this album because then they're less likely to give you a good deal. So I slightly look at the way artists move when they're unsigned in a different way now, and this is why kind of as we kind of look at the agenda of things to discuss in this episode and Central C in particular, I'm quite intrigued in the fact that he hasn't released like a debut album yet. And Remmer in particular took a while to get to that stage of releasing an album. Even like in the past when we've spoken about her and her countless kind of EPs and mixtapes and stuff that she was releasing before the debut album, it's all starting to make a lot of sense now. Um, so the difference is hers album wasn't good, but anyway. <laughs> I get what you mean, but in terms of strategy, I understand. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. You kind of want to build the audience, but you don't necessarily want product out there that counts towards your value as an artist. And I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Um, and it was just kind of interesting receiving that wisdom from 50 Cent indirectly through Nipsey. Um, so yeah, anyway, back to my listens, because as I was, as Shopee was talking, I actually remembered some songs and some artists that I wanted to talk about. So just very quickly, I wanted to talk about Coops. So Coops is a North London rapper. Um, and I would say from listening to his music, he's the answer to like a UK J. Cole. Um, he is incredible and I don't understand why he is so underrated. You know his music. Pardon me? You know why that is. Why is that? Go on. Okay. Um, I am honestly shocked because listening to some of his projects, like I listen to um, Crimes Against Creation when I'm in the gym 
and there are just so many songs on there that I'm like, this could have been viral. This could have gone. I just don't understand why he's not a bigger deal than he is. Um, even Lost Soul, which is my favorite of his projects. There's a song on there called Soul, um, So Cold, which features Sophie Faith and Benny Banks. I'm just like, why isn't this guy a big deal? Because he is genuinely very talented. Like it's very jazz oriented rap. Um, and I imagine it's because we're in the drill era right now. Um, but he is just a very, very talented artist. It does. It's not making sense to me. Um, You've sold it to me. Listen to Coops, honestly, listen to Coops. He is great. He's great vibes. If you like jazz hop, if you like like jazzy rap, listen to... That's me. Honestly, I would say, Chopin, listen to um, Lost Soul. Listen to that album. Listen to Crimes Against Creation next, but it's a great project. Like, both of them are incredible. Um, Next, I'll move on to cartoons. So I was kind of shy about cartoons on our Twitter account. So cartoons is a producer. Um, just released a new album, which I haven't had the opportunity to listen to yet. But everything he has produced so far, so he worked with uh, Mac Ayres as well, has been incredible. And he released a project called Saturday Morning. I love that project. Honestly, it's so beautiful. Um, it's like an American equivalent to Tom Mish. Like, that's how he sounds to me. Um like just in terms of production but listen to something about you listen to saturday morning which is the name of the album that came out in 2020 i'm hooked in terms of the music he's got a new project called mirrors um which just came out it came out um january 14th um and i'm yet to listen to that but he is incredible and if you love tom mish i would say you would love cartoons and it's spelled c-a-r-r-t-o-o-n-s um what else have i been listening to just very quickly i think that was pretty much it in terms of things to talk about mac airs released a project um i think it's called lucky eight or something along those eight uh, magic eight ball sorry which is quite good not not enough to kind of talk about and that's pretty much everything i've been listening to in the break um i'll pass it on to nick now hey so um yeah, uh, I will keep it short and sweet. I'm listening to, or I've been listening to for the past like month, an album which is actually not out yet. So this is not sponsored, it's not PR or anything like that, but genuinely just been on my springtime playlist, like, um, and has been since the UK. The weather, you wouldn't think it, but was hot, obviously, as Eden said um, a few weeks ago, that project just became like instant rotation um and on my like everyday kind of playlist um yeah it's literally i can't it's not on streaming platforms so i can't like add it properly and all that which is so annoying but next week it will be it's out april 8th it is omar apollo's ivory which is his debut album um he is a pop facing r&b infused artist who is signed to warner which are doing fun things right now. Um, I think out of the big three, they are my favourite imprint right now in terms of what they're doing. Um, and I just think, yeah, just knowing people there, they say the culture's great. Um, but yeah, this sounds really like PR, but it's not. But genuinely, yeah, Omar Apollo is great. Um, from what I've listened to, I first actually listened to him over the pandemic. Um and his EP, I want to call it, I think it was an EP called 
Apollonia, which is a play on his artistic name. Um, Yeah, it came out as his kind of first major pop EP on the label, but he has a lot of SoundCloud releases um, and all of that. And I think it was first soundtracked on a HBO show. So that's how I found it. I'm literally paying attention to so many syncs now that, that happen on TV. That's how I'm finding a lot of music. And yeah, it just really spoke to me. I think some of the songwriting is really great. And he's, for context, Mexican-American, um, believe born in America. But um, he yeah, just writes about his culture, his identity, all of these kind of things that the modern day kind of pop star Gen Z tend to talk about right now. He's 24 years old. But yes, um, back to the debut album. Um, I think it's just a really great concoction of pop, um, even some Latin American genres as well, a bit of tango in there. Um, I think there's a bit of, even like how he raps on some of the songs, um, very kind of sometimes trap infused but not like begging it trap infused kind of more he's taking it and playing with the flow to be experimental kind of that that way so kind of the trap flow that you hear a lot in one or two of the songs it's not too heavily um imbued on that album i think he's worked with a lot of producers like that are classically considered great in the pop hip-hop kind of space as well so pharrell um, is on the project on his new his newest single which is out right now which you can play before the album called Tamagotchi I love that song but the song that's yet to be released is um, track number three hopefully the track list stays the same but um, it's called No Good Reason I just literally that is the soundtrack to Spring for me like it's so great it's very funk infused um, it's very experimental in the production it's very like textured but then industrial in some of the production as well and it's just very kind of i I call it like if the personality of bubbly was infused onto a soundscape you'll get what i mean when you press that play on that song if you decide to press play next friday but um yeah i think he's a great performer he's been on jimmy fallon i think he's getting the push the olivia the, the olivia rodrigo effect that's what they want from him it seems like he's definitely a label priority it seems like but um genuinely beyond the buzz is like the material is there to match for me um i just love his visuals i love the artwork i just love when pop facing um men in the industry are actually trying with their artistic vision look sound it all comes together as a package and i think you know, there's a lot of effort there. And I just think, you know, it is a very Gen Z in terms of being open with your feelings, like talking about how you feel and stuff like that. But I think it's in a very organic way, mixing between sharing, but not oversharing to the point where you're on social media every day as an eyes and there's no mystique. So there's like, there's a, there's a tension between the push and the pull, but a healthy tension where giving, but then not giving. Um, in terms of himself so yeah I really love the the offering and the package there and I think that this album will hopefully do well but to be honest with you weirdly enough like Eden was talking about albums um, and I actually think because I'm going to talk about another artist who just released you know a second album over the last week and I think a lot of artists don't care about the album moment anymore in 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 it's got a double-edged sword effect to it because even Remo, I didn't think he was, to be honest, ready like for the debut album moment. I know there's a lot of buzz, but 
I think there's more building to do, especially where Afrofusion, Afrobeats, Afropop, what you want to call it, um, how it's building itself in the West, in, in the Western um, arena. And he's definitely an artist who wants success in the West, like clearly from the festivals that he plays, the performances that he does, the regions to which he performs in. There are some artists that typically just stick to, I hate to use Africa as like a continent, um, use Africa as a country when it's a continent, but stay on the continent of Africa um, and just perform around there. Um, and some don't even perform in South Africa, you know? So it's like, I think he's a very global artist and there's a lot of building work. You know, you have Shenzia who just released her debut album, which Ooh. shocking to me, like the, there's a lot of building to do and there's no shade in that. I really don't see it as shade. It's just lessons and it's great lessons to be honest with you. I think obviously she signed a US bill, signed to the weekend's management, um, got the Megan Thee Stallion feature, got the Tiger feature, got there's there's a lot of artists that feature on that album. I think even Young Thug or someone adjacent in the trap world is on the album as well. And I think they thought the features would carry it, which age old tell this is this musical history in this that it, it doesn't work if your your personality, especially with dancehall. Dancehall had its renaissance in the early two thousands. So there's there's a moment in especially the US market which she's clearly trying to penetrate that. Um, that that was missed, you know, a lot of building, even a Sean Paul peak 2003, you know, album numbers weren't amazing, you know, in the early 2000s and stuff like that, where, where Dancehall arguably was at its, its highest in the US market. Um, back to my main point, um, with albums, um, an artist, newer artist, Gen Z artist, um, or Gen Z facing artist, um, I feel like they just release albums now and albums in some cases just act as it doesn't it's, it's a history piece you know when people come back in 10 years it didn't sell as much but it, it, it the music was there the quality was there but they just they they don't some some don't care to be honest with you even Doja Cat Planet um, Pink Hot Pink that didn't do well on, in its first phase of release Say So was the reason that it came back and had its resurgence and now has a long-standing record on Billboard, one of the biggest for a woman in rap. Um, so there's, yeah, there's just a lot of different methodologies and a lot of different approaches from from labels. Some see you as a longer-term investment and are like, yeah, you're, you're album ready from a quality level, but we'll build the fans with the album. You may not do well first week, but we see you as a longer-term artist, so we'll, we'll wait for you. So back to Omar Apollo, I think they're doing yeah. that with him. Yeah. Can I quickly jump in on that debut album topic? Uh, yeah, go for it. Because it's funny that you've both brought it up. I think that in general, I think in a in a myriad of ways, the music industry and how we uh, sell artists now, how promote artists, it's very much in transition. Like things are not solidified. Like we're seeing things happen and change in real time. The things that appear weird to us now are on their way to being normalised or they may not even exist yet. And I think it's interesting that you both mentioned the debut album thing because I agree. I definitely think the whole idea of the big debut album doesn't really exist anymore because one, there's just too many, there's just too much music out right now. So no one really can really, uh, I guess, have a big stab at, you know, finessing the market like that. It just doesn't really work anymore unless you're like Olivia Rodrigo who's got like, billions of dollars pumped into her or Arlo Parks and the people like that but funny you mentioned that because even with the whole long-term thing like even putting my uncle bag on 
even we think about like artists from way back in the day, like especially if you look at Motown artists, for example, a lot of those artists didn't have big first albums. Like Marvin Gaye's first album wasn't a success. The Supreme yeah. first album was a success. Stevie Wonder's Michael Jackson's first album was a success. Jay Jackson. Janet. So many people. And it's only, I think, yeah. maybe I think maybe by the 80s that changed because I guess th- things were changing and where it's like, okay, now we can actually take what we've learned and make the first album a really big push. Whereas now maybe, as everyone yeah. says, things happen in cycles. Maybe we're out of that now. Maybe we're in a place where now, for example, Remo, maybe Remo will have his... Because I agree with you. Even me, like, even um, uh, as someone who's obviously worked... Um, um, closely with him when i saw the album yeah. out coming out obviously i was excited because like, yep great music but i was thinking oh but he hasn't really got that moment yet but then as you said no one mm. in afrobeats really has that moment like burner boy is one of the biggest stars in afrobeats but he's not selling much he's not even yeah whiskey and burner boy haven't done yeah but that's the cultural piece as well it definitely depends on like genres and yeah. like, what's happening yeah afro afro fusion may not even blow in the states and like the thing is we don't even need to look at states is the the litmus test we don't need it's like the blow even the uk though, right now even the uk yeah though, no even not, here as well yeah they're not like yeah. trying crazy over here too they're not like going platinum and gold over here as well and that's why some yeah. people say afrobeats is here it's like yes but not really because yeah with the whole dancehall thing like there were a plethora of artists back in the early 2000s who were literally charting in the top five number one single yeah debuting in a bond were like sean paul yeah. like beanie man like we could literally go on you know what i mean yeah what here wonders like you were actually having moments like that we've only had essence west africans we've only really had that like but yeah yeah it's still it's still early as well because the thing is black people make up three percent and like you know it's there's there's a lot to go like i think a lot of people thought the uni circuits and seeing these artists in the uni circuits is like a cognitive dissonance from the mainstream and the thing is we don't again like even the charts and stuff they like it's it's decreasing in relevance to be Indeed. honest with you like all Indeed. of this stuff is like all of this stuff is doesn't really like honestly we're moving to a generation where it doesn't matter as long as you can get fans in a room and sell and continue to do that like you'll be fine like in the sh- like as long as you're engaging in different ways brand partnerships there's so many different ways to win like honestly honestly you know, sweet sweetie isn't doing great on the like do you know what i mean but <laughs> In terms of the branding, this isn't even Shade. She's the branding queen. Like, she's teaching Megan how to do some shit. She's teaching the boys how to do the shit. You know, she's killing it in one lane. And in another, her debut album isn't even out. So there's so many different approaches. And I'm again, I'm just looking from it from a really tactical point of view. Like, there's a lot of ways to gain money. There's a lot of ways to gain exposure. There's a lot of ways to gain partnerships. You know, rappers are going to TV now. Denzel Curry, all of this. Like, there's so many different ways, like... So the, as Shoppe said, the debut album thing cycles and in the streaming era, that cycles just come back around again, I guess, like in a different way, in a, in a, in a contemporary kind of fashion, um, in my opinion anyway. But yeah, Omar Apollo. Yes, to, please to, you. But w- w- um, with regards oh, sorry, to like, yeah, yeah. no, but just with regards to the way that, because I'm going to go from like a really simple level, because yeah. I think it's also important that we look at it from like an aesthetic base as well. I don't think a lot of people know 
like outside of maybe people who are like really invested in music and kind of engage with music news quite a lot i don't think people yeah. really know the difference between albums eps lps all of the above now because of how it surfaces on streaming platforms because when yeah. you click on an ep for example it says album a lot of the time like i've made that mistake a, a plethora of times where i've clicked on something and i'm <coughs> like okay this is their debut album where in fact they haven't actually released anything and i think that in itself is is part of the issue because you know, artists are treating EPs like albums now. Like, okay, I'm going to, again, I'm going to use Central C. Like if we look at, um, what was it called? Wild West that he released in 2020, 2021, sorry, which went yeah. to number two in the UK. He released so many music yeah. videos for it, it that like so many songs on that went into the charts and um, he interacted with it like it was an album. Um, Nipsey Hussle did the exact same thing with all of his um, mixtapes and, and EPs that came out. Um, so many yeah. artists are doing that. And I think you're both right. I think people like artists don't really necessarily care about albums anymore. Um, but I also do think there's more investment in kind of how the artist wants to be positioned. Um, there seems to be a lot more um, brand kind of positioning on social media um that i'm seeing from the likes of doja cat and you know um rema 100%. in the uk a lot of drill artists um but we're, we're kind of in a space where you know music is so like i don't even know how to explain it drill is the thing at the moment we, we can't deny that like drill is the thing that's taking over the world everyone's interacting with it um i saw an article the other day about how ghana is kind of seeing a, a, a like resurgence in interest from around the world because of yeah. drill. Um, I can't remember what it was actually called. What the, they call it? It is Ghanaian drill, but there's a like particular name which means like backward something in um, Ghanaian. Yeah. I can't remember what, in Twi. Sorry, um, but yeah, I, I I find it interesting that all of the albums that we're seeing, all of the artists that are coming out, there does seem to be less kind of investment and interest from the artists um my thing is that i'm interested in the process it takes to get to the album um and the eps that are released before that and um the actual yeah. plan behind the artists as well um because like shoppe was saying in his listens there there's just so much to listen to there is this and it's all to kind of become snippets on tiktok and um to, to kind of gain like six second interest and all of the yeah. above um, I'm just really interested in kind of what happens behind the scenes with the artists that want to create albums and are really in, in, invested in that process. Mm. I don't know if it gets the it's same kind of investment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's multi-layered. And like, I think we've got, we're in the Wild West. We've got more, more artists than we do chart positions. Like there's two, there's so much going on. So it's like, none of one's saying your shade. Like, I'm no, just no, doing it. No, 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 I'm, I'm just like, 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 like Yeah, no, seriously, there's more, yeah. There's more Preach. artists in chart positions. The democratization of it is multi-layered, good, bad, whatever, like, you know. But, and it's like, every artist has a different approach, you know. Um, and if you want to be like a pop-facing, mega artist, um, hyper-consumable, you have to meet consumers where they're at, which is visually, you know, mm. more things matter than just the music now. Like at 360 deals, how are they going to make their bottom line from what they invested? Like, there's so many different, mechanics to even little sims arguably independent a war owns her masters 
she's doing loads of brand deals she's in fashion now she's on top where there's a proposition there's a 360 not saying she's got a 360 deal but there's 360 mechanic mm. to know who little sims is and that's when she broke through when the 360 connected i said for damn the longest that this the song um venom should have been on the soundtrack and it ended up in the second film that is why because they're trying to build a proposition like around mm. these artists and it's like you know, sync deals are getting loads of money. Young Baby Tate on Insecure. You know, there's so many different, it's resurging women in rap, like yes. in the US, like the sync yes. deals and stuff. So there's a lot yeah. going on. And even with my second recommendation, or recommendation, sorry, my second listen of the week, um, Lotto, she's on her second album and the whole world thinks it's her debut. That's for a reason, because mm. that's when things are connecting now. And it's like, it's you know the proposition of how in brand deals now and i said this in like 2017 2018 and we had this discussion with like loads of different people on twitter and stuff the name had to change for her to go mainstream and it did and all of that so there's so many different mechanics depending on who you are as an artist and what you want out of this music business do you want to just be a touring artist do you want to be you know a um a big crit who can you know sell rooms with without uh, with audiences and just the rap fans and all of that kind and stuff do you want the mainstream appeal freddie gibbs hungry for it he's now starting to do loads of brand deals and sponsorships and carrot clothing partnerships in la and stuff like that and that's helping his proposition you know even from the independent story to re-signing with War a major label warner after his first one you know went to went to they didn't understand him back in the the 2000s so it's come 360 you know in a different way for him and it's it's it really just depends on who you are and where what you want from this industry but if you want that mainstream commercial appeal you will have to become a 360 artist whether that's in writing or whether that's being hyper visible everywhere um, and meeting consumers where they're at you know euphoria's soundtrack does amazing things for artistic discovery for example hbo actually at large does great things for, for artists in terms of their syncing because they just have great musicology across the board and music supervisors are becoming important, you know. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of different mechanics, but I think it is interesting who builds multiple EPs or who, you know, releases one EP and then goes on to a debut album, who gains a big hit and then runs with that big hit to an album and all of these kind of different ways in the streaming era to win, not win. Pink Panthers, TikTok, you know, she's doing incredible things now. She's just announced a, a tour across this country. So it's incorrect, different platforms doing different things. But, you know, even Pink Panthers has had to become hyper visible now. And she, she's a recluse, you know, conventionally. But, you know, there's, there's a lot. But on to my second um, listen, which is um, Lotto's 777 Project, which is her sophomore album. Um, she, she formally addresses it as her sophomore album. But um, that project for me is, it's seen a lot for me. Like I've seen a lot from her in the last year, over the pandemic really, she's grown a lot. Um, I was someone who supported her from like early days, the rap mm. game when she was 16. I cannot believe we are here at 23, like it's crazy. And she is a B-list celebrity. Like she is literally in that space about to, become the next woman in rap and it's it's incredible to see she's grown she's shed a name she's acknowledged it I'm really proud of where she's come from on a cultural level like I'm super proud like in her in her modern interviews Hot 97 you know did not acknowledge the Breakfast Club but the Hot 97 one and um 
even all the podcasts that she's doing and stuff like that I think she's really had to grow from the Clayco County girl who you know came from being adjacent to the mud in in some senses seeing you know people around her shot all of this kind of stuff to now learning the industry and learning where her name came from it was given to her by a parent you know and learning the history of that name you know mulatto and shortening it to the lottery manifestation luck all of that like I just love the branding and the acknowledgement to the black community of the where that word came from and the history and all of that I think she's really 23 I was immature as fuck so for her to you know gain all those lessons you know even go through the clubhouse drama that happened where there was a back and forth and just see her step back say I am going to change the name guys and change the meaning as well I'm just proud for that you know mm. people can critique it can critique what what the old name was I even critiqued it you know you can listen to old seasons of the podcast where there's big discussions there and online you know even bigger discussions but you know super proud I just have to acknowledge that because women in rap get it 10 times worse you know mm. there there have been some in a, some offensive male names let's just say that or some offensive male lines or misogynoir that has allowed art Kodak Black okay like let's go there mm. he is still allowed to be successful so you know for her to um fight through it and remain here you know Mariah Carey feature now this week it's incredible to see her here respecting legends um, and just to see her in her mainstream era, man, and there's still more building to be done. Like, I'm so, this, she's in her Cardi having to prove it now phase, almost the Bodak Yellow. Now you've got to prove it, that you're, you're here to be on the song. And she, she can definitely rap like she is, that's for sure. But I love the rollout. I love the artwork. I think, you know, for most of the songs, I'd say her only misstep was collaborate with Kodak Black. Um, that song, I wouldn't, you know there's a legacy there she should have not done that but again there's you know there's lessons and hopefully she looks back retrospectively and can grow in that sense but you know artists make there are artists who are doing worse things right now it's absolutely fine for now let's just see where that goes but I'm really proud of the intro I think you know rap album intros are making a comeback you know I love it you know even Cardi B's debut album intro was great Meek Mill's championships intro, even though, you know, whatever his his life is saying right now, but like that intro was great. Love that. And Meek Mill has been, always been the spitter, you know. I think we are having a resurgence in real lyricism, you know, being cool, like, and really like being, you have to spit on the mic, you know. Her, I'm seeing a lot of do some freestyles on her album rollout as well was really motivating, inspiring too. And I just wanted to win because she's a real rapper, you know, in terms of like writing the lyrics, spitting the lyrics, like really about what she says and what she raps about. Like, it's not just a placebo. It's not like um, manufactured. Like she's definitely, I've seen through interviews and experiences like from people around her that she, she lives what she raps about, you know, and she acknowledges every one of her shortcomings now at 23. And I just love the artwork being like her, on a circus kind of target screen of like all the targets that she's had to face and stuff like that and I love the 21 Savage song really which is the single I think for the most part I think most of the songs 
on this album. I'm just looking through the track list if I didn't enjoy any. I did speak about the Kodak Black one. Um, I think most, it was, it was shocking to me, to be honest with you, because she can spit, but her biggest challenge has been utilizing that pen to make a song that just sounds cohesive and great overall. And I think she has been able to do that. I was super skeptical when Big Energy first came out and I will acknowledge that obviously the visuals did. It was looking a bit like a Doja Cat say so just in the mechanics. Someone said Doja the Stallion and I screamed. Yeah, like it did It did amalgamate the success of Doja and Megan with their TikTok heavy, um, or TikTok popular, sorry, not heavy, TikTok popular songs that um, trended throughout the pandemic and stuff and led them to their respective number ones in, in different weeks. It did sound like an amalgamation of that, but she proved me wrong in being able to now almost enter the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100. And it just, it's beautiful to see when a label actually invests in a single and plays the long game. This song has been out for like at least six months or over six months, half a year. And it's just beautiful to see investment in a song. Like it's fine to see this and, you know, see her continue to push it and get better with the performances of it as it goes on and acknowledge how she came about the sample and all that kind of stuff. It's just great to see an artist be honest. Like, I love that. And, you know, it's not my favorite song on the album, but you know, she proved me wrong. She proved me wrong. And to be honest, I did say, even though I don't like the song, it is catchy. And I think that's what allowed it to nest itself in people's heads and say, actually, you know, radio play, all of that. It's, it's, it's a catchy song. And a catchy song in this era is a catchy, a catchy song in any era is a catchy song. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, even if it doesn't um, reflect the quality of the artist holistically, like it's absolutely fine with that. I think her song with Lil Wayne, Sunshine, it was a welcome surprise. She's singing on that record. Um, I honestly, like, it's a solid piece of work. I, do I feel like she can still push it a bit more? Absolutely, but she is on the right way. And I think this is her most cohesive project to date. And to see her really win in her sophomore era, this is just, this is beautiful to see. And regardless of how it sells, um, I still think she is building. So I don't think it is going to be a blockbuster hit. I think it was a social media hit for sure. I don't, I think she's still introducing herself to the mainstream. You know, Big Energy is her biggest single to date. So, and I think it's her second um, billboard entry. Um, her first was with Gucci um, when she first signed to RCA. So yeah, I'm really proud of her, man. Really proud of her. I would recommend um, Stepa with Nardo Wick, another new artist. Um, oh, love Nardo. He is um, being PR'd by August, arguably one of the best PR's out right now. Like, they're doing incredible work. Um, I'd say 777 part one and part two, the intros are great. Um, Sunshine, as I just said, with Lil Wayne. I heard and that sleeps. song. I've heard that yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just challenging herself artistically and Sleep, Sleep, which is the penultimate song on the album. Albums tend to drift off towards the end, but this, in this case, it just, it amped itself up. So yeah, really proud of her, really proud of her. So big lotto, rooting for you still. Um, and you've proven a lot of people wrong with how you've moved in this game. So continue to be honest, continue to be vulnerable. Um, I know it's a double standard with women in rap, um, but you're fighting. And I want to see more representation of different styles of rap women continue after Lotto to win. Tierra Wack, I'm waiting. we're waiting for you. So cannot wait. But um, Yes, that was, those are my recommendations or listens for the week. Most, all of them were good. So the both of them. So that's Omar Apollo, 
he will be releasing next week his Ivory debut album and then Lotto's album is out right now called 777. That's me. That's me. So news-wise, I think... Hold on. Before we get into news, I just want to say that I really hope that when we look back at history and we look back at this uh, watershed moment in the history of women in rap that Nicholas Terrell Scott is named as one of the chief voices who was setting the trends of who we should be listening to because what like I've told you this off, off the show anyway even Lotto you've been writing her for her for a long time a long time a long time and now to see how the, the how things are starting to come into fruition for her it's like ah oh, Nick was out here well Nick was saying that a few years ago Nick was rooting for this one a few years ago and you've been right about a few people so I just want to say when the time has come historians out there Nicholas Terrell Scott. Hmm? He was there. He was there when it came to this. He was an important voice in the women in rap renaissance conversation. Most definitely. Yep. That's since it. since since the beginning of the podcast, you've definitely been speaking about Lotto and like so many different artists. Um and early supporter of Megan, Rita yeah. Nasty. Yep. Uh, Dream. Oh yeah, Barcelona. Oh yeah, we used to Boy say that Nick Gold. was a um, Rico Nasty stand. I remember that. I remember that time ago. Yeah, you're right, Shopper. Yeah, Nick deserves his flowers because he's been shouting about them for the longest time, and now they're kind of at the forefront. Um, yeah, man, definitely needs to be documented somehow. Not even that deep. I just want rap to helm diversity of women in the space because there's so many doing incredible things who deserve that platform and to stand alongside the men and you know to be honest with you women in rap have had to become pop stars in this current era where men haven't so you know yeah. you see how that little two-step from offset got a little bit of you know traction you know do more of that they should have to do more of that to like win as well because you know glam teams wigs performances cardi and megan on the grammys like they had to they can't just stand there like they're going to be critiqued you know mm. so half of these women to be a number one selling artist or whatever they have to become pop stars and i think that's arguably misogyny and misogynoir like to be mm. honest with you so there's a lot of that going on but to be honest half of them want to do routines as well shout out to sean baghead shout out to jack on mike for doing all of their business in the game as well so um, yeah, I think it's incredible, like how this moment is coming together. Um, but we have to acknowledge, the, you know, the critiques and all of that as well, because I think it's worth it's worth a conversation as well, you know. Yeah. But, um, and shout shout out to Young Thug as well, doing big things for the men, you know, challenging conventions and, and challenging himself, and you know, even for the men as well. I think Gunn is doing some incredible things, trying to be artistic and how he how he delivers his proposition too. So. They're two of Atlanta as well, the Atlanta King and Prince right now. Um, in terms of that, um, I think they're doing incredible work as well. So yeah, like, and I think they're welcoming women into the ecosystem as they climb as well. So mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, news-wise, <laughs> we only have like one item for this week, and then we're gonna talk. I think Central Sea. We're gonna revisit, mm -hmm. but um. Yeah, Eden wants to leave the Central Sea conversation, so I think that's cool. Um, and we're going to keep it women in rap. Weirdly enough, I did not plan that. I did not plan to say a lot of last, I promise. But <laughs> yeah, this is about someone we've spoken about before in this segment, actually, as well, Doja Cat. Um, this, again, actually might ripple from misogyny as well. We may, we may come to that conclusion, but it's um, 
in regards to newer generation, older generation, and kind of a discussion about stature in music and artistic proposition. So this is in regards to a conversation that went live last week, but then etched into the weekend. And, you know, before the Oscars dominated conversation was the dominating topic in pop culture um, and hip hop culture, which is pop now anyway. But um, it is Remy Ma talking about Doja Cat. And she says she predominantly doesn't see her as a rapper to be honest but she still I want to get this really clear there's no disrespect in this in terms of how she views um the likability of Doja she actually said she she messes with Doja she likes her as an artist she thinks she's dope was her exact words but um in terms of the categorization on um Drink Champ the popular kind of podcast um which is distributed by Revolt, which was super popular, super viral moments. Remy was the guest, you know, it was over two hours, you know, you get drunk, you talk your shit. And she was a bit lit when she said this statement, but I like it. I like the honesty, you know, for better or worse, honesty. And I think, honestly, before I read this article, I just think people need to get a grip with personal comments. Remy can wrap circles around a lot of rappers. Let's talk about that. Mm. First and foremost, all right, like, shut your fucking mouth, like, before you're saying, oh, she's not worthy to make comments, shut the fuck up. Because if that prison run didn't happen, she would have been dominating for at least a couple of years. And let's not forget about all the way up. So let's not, <laughs> let's not do her like that. Let's not do her like that. Let's not do her like that. But Obviously, the numbers consistently wise did not, you know, it's not even numbers. there's been a trajectory. It's not even just know? numbers. Can we agree that her output post prison wasn't good? The yeah, this is what I'm saying. Prison right threw a wench. Prison threw a wench in that. I do. Better than Magic, anyone? To be honest with you, to be honest, her Fat Joe collaboration, I actually enjoyed a hefty amount of songs from that project. So I think I'm good, like in terms of some of the output. But yes, over overarchingly, no. Like, let's just say that. But Doja Cat, she, as I said, she said, I don't think she's a rapper. Um, over halfway if you want to you know have that reference throughout the show and she said let's be clear with that they be putting her in the rapper rapper category um i don't think she's a rapper but she makes dope records i think she's dope so that's to clarify the full statement obviously as i said in the contextualization part it started a big fan debacle on twitter and instagram um on the blogs and um Someone on Twitter said, I'm not going to say the app because I haven't got permission for that and I'm not sending trials to someone. But Remy Ma come from an era of traditional rap. There is nothing wrong with Doja Cat being a pop rapper, but they shouldn't be grouped with capital letters, real hip hop artists. Um, and then another one was, I'm sorry, but Remy saying Doja Cat is not a rapper. Um, it's wild to me then what the f is she why are we putting rappers in one box um there's been a load of different comments on either side of the fence um just to con just to contextualize don't care for these award shows but the grammys um have nominated her for best melodic rap performance for need to know and best rap song for best friend along with sweetie um, and her Kiss Be More collaboration with Scissor, which led her Planet Her album, is up for record and song of the year, um, plus best pop duo and group performance. 
um, and pa Planet Her itself is nominated for Album of the Year and Best Pop Vocal Album. Doja has not acknowledged, to my knowledge, as of yet, these statements, if she ever will, but she did say in a rap, um, inter rap interview, sorry, in an interview with Genius a couple of years back, maybe a year ago, that she she's a rapper. She gives most of these people eights and sixteens, um, and that she is a rapper to herself. So, yeah, that's the full scope of the conversation to date. Uh, and this got us thinking: what defines a rapper, and what defines a pop artist, and you know, all of this kind of conversation. What is the thoughts in the room? Um, yeah, you know, I have quite a few thoughts, you know, I'm not really structured, but I guess seeing this, I was like, so like, what are like the actual qualifiers? Because the issue mainly is coming from the fact that she also sings, but obviously so does Drake, mm. so does Lauren Hill, you know, some, you know, Chris Brown raps too, do we count him? Whatever. But I think it also just comes down to, um, Remy Ma is obviously a purist. Chris maybe. Brown's not Chris Brown's not considered a um, rapper first though. He's considered an artist, like, and he's very clearly been known as an R and B and pop facing act. Of course, I was just being I was just being stupid saying him, but this, my point. No, is no, 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 no. It's great context though because I feel like the musicality towards his later career definitely fits in a similar space to Doja's. To be honest, like not in terms of like the uh, the quality or anything like that, but the the if we look at like the requirements or ingredients in them, there's rap and a bit of rap and there's singing and there's you know there's there's they they do mirror each other in some ways, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, also, on. yeah, I, I think I with oh go on, go on. I was just gonna quickly say with Drake though, um, I was reading up on this because like for for this conversation, um, obviously, and me being. <laughs> a Drake follower, let me say that, um, that his early material was very rap heavy. Mm. The singing came after his debut album more so, like fully formed. The debut mm. had elements. Oh, but he sang on the mixtapes too. He sang on the Yeah, mixtapes. but like he was, he was trying to, he was definitely, especially on the debut, trying to earn his place in rap. Very, very loudly trying to earn and then the switch up really happened where he was like you know what find your love will be my chosen destiny and then that song is awful oh yeah. eden please find your love is awful that song is terrible eden. i don't the care if kanye wrote it auto you that enjoyed love a boy but okay no honestly that song is awful find your love is a banger i, I can't believe you're saying this i love that song it's, it's so bait. Wait, don't it's, you like karaoke? Yeah, karaoke is one of okay. Drake's best songs. Would you? Yeah, no, it is. It is. Karaoke is one of Drake's best songs. I mean, not to me, but all right. So yeah. wait, you're saying find your love over karaoke? I would say so. Yes. Wow. Okay. Eek. Anyway, sorry, I've been I detracted from both. All I know, show me a good time is better than both those songs. So what song is better? So show me a good time is better than both those songs. So oh, I love that song. Yeah, that song's a banger. Okay, well, there we go. We're family once again. Shoppe, where you? where you ended was that you she's a traditionalist um, yes, yes or purist purist sorry purist yeah yeah so sorry finish your point um yeah yes yeah, so i think that's where a lot of it is coming from and people that agree with her because like you know we always talk about like the old heads the old heads and all that but you know for many years for many decades there has been a particular idea of what it means 
to be a rapper. And even in the case of like a Drake or even a Lauryn Hill, even though Lauryn Hill sang, when she rapped, the way she rapped, the heritage she came from was clearly of a certain ilk or a style of rapping. Whereas Doja now, you know, she's a millennial, Gen Z. She's pulling from so many different resources and sounds and influences. And then also, as Eden mentioned it earlier today, but even I mentioned it on the podcast like maybe two or three years ago that female rappers can never just be rappers. Because mm. they're women, they also have to, uh, by proxy be pop stars like mm. Megan can't make so rather than Megan just being oh she's a great rapper she's one of the biggest women in the game why does she have to be that like we automatically put female rappers to compete with Taylor Swift Beyonce Rihanna they can never just wear rappers and also Go on. on your point with Meg there's a big critique about her flow and all of that but a lot of male rappers have the same flow Gucci being one of them mm-hmm. so big and Sean. he's never critiqued he's never critiqued for it like that I mean you know I think Megan arguably a lot of and even me like yes there is a conversation sometimes the song sound a bit similar but I have to detract myself a little bit obviously we can critique you know like critique can be critique but we have to detract ourselves a little bit and be like is the landscape really fair to Megan it's not no. it's not like and a lot of her critique and like oh yes the debut album was choppy in places and I do think that was because of the personal life and stuff but you know a lot of her mixtapes are even retrospectively critiqued now because they're like the same flow again like da-da-da-da-da. and I'm like but your best male rapper was the same flow like not all of them of course not all of them some rappers be really you know male or female be changing the game with how they switch up the flow and I love that shit it makes me excited but some of the men, especially Atlanta trap, you know, Ooh. some of because, them, yeah, some, exactly the same flow be you know, and the club goes up, you know, the club goes up. So, like as Shope said to his point, even on a methodical level where we analyze and, and talk about the musicality, they're not on the same level playing field. You know, it's not the same. So yeah, Doja is, and, and yeah. you know, Megan was the point that I was making, but yeah. back to Shopee's point again. Yeah. Wait, I just oh, wanted to jump on the end of what Nick was saying, though, because I hear what you're saying, Nick, with regards to, you know, how men are allowed to kind of get away with using the same flow over and over again. I think mm. my issue with Megan Thee Stallion, and I've said this before, I just genuinely yeah. don't get it. I, we're I, discussing Megan today, guys. This is about Doja Cat. No, no, but I think we're, we're, we're talking about <laughs> like rap and like the, the issues with gender when it comes to rap, right? So when it comes to Megan Thee Stallion, for example, I understand the kind of critique that she receives with regards to the same kind of flow, the same kind of all of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, she does it well. I will say that she does it well. And she's kind of done the same thing over a kind of period of time. Um but I think she gets away with it in a slightly different way to um, Doja Cat, for example, because of how she's sexualized. Doja Cat is sexualized mm. as well, being a light-skinned woman as well. Um, but Megan Thee Stallion seems to find a way to... Um, maybe it's because she can't sing. Maybe that's, like, just keeping it a stack. Maybe she's not the greatest singer. But she Do seems you know what to find... It it's not because it's Do you like... know what it is? It's beat selection. It's beat selection. Like, she start, like literally, her beats are rap beats for the mm. most part like they are rap beats and she said you know old dirty bastard odb is her idol like that is literally a bipolar she is the women 
yeah like she is the women version like of mm. all those she's an amalgamation of all of them she's a modern face and so that has already got her the street cred you know mm. again misogyny oh you have to attach yourself to the men you know Nicki Minaj cash money you know all of that like you have to it's that mm. mindset attaching yourself to the men whether it's through your beat selection and she genuinely is passionate about these people so it's not to fit into that but it's just it's just a natural occurrence that aligns mm. with old conventional rap fans in this side of the critique in the side of oh you know she's a rapper there's no debate megan is a rapper but yeah. then i think with the doja thing doja's everywhere you know pharrell one minute stargate next all of this like um, she's signed to bloody what's his name you know, you know the, the predatory dr luke she's signed to the poppiest producer in the game you know and that is why again that so, that's part of it as well the, and, all, uh, and also it's a presentation like doja cat is unlike any rapper in my in my opinion we've ever had because and some have said this and i just kind of agree with it some some have said doja cat is a pop star who happens to rap and i think that's fair mm. that's not me saying she's not a rapper but i think doja cat by and large because she sings because she dances she's like a performer and she really mm. gives you like you know choreography and staging and elaborate stuff which you don't really see from rappers period let alone female rappers should, that's, and like I said, back to the purest thing, that's not what traditionally rap has been about. Rap has been about mm. bars and skill and mm. being rough and rugged and all those things. And Dilja mm. kind of destabilizes a lot of that, but she actually is mm. doing the actual skill of rapping. But it's because mm. it's happening alongside a myriad of other things that she's also good at. But then that being said, there are- Yeah, she's a rapper. She is a rapper. Yeah, no, exactly. I she's agree. a rapper, but she's a multi-hyphenate. Exactly. She's a multi-hyphenate. And that's what I'm saying. And, and that's fine. It's fine to be that. Like, it's absolutely fine. But, and yeah, I think that's what, that's what confuses people because we don't... Like I said, Megan now... Yeah, Megan does dance perform, but like you said, her beat selection and also Megan can't sing. But also, Megan is just... she just be rapping. Mm. Whereas Doja, even her features... Doja can sometimes just be singing on features. Mm-hmm. She just be rapping on mm-hmm. features. She does Naturally, like, yeah. Yeah. And it's not like she's faking it. She's just doing what feels to her at the time. But no, in my opinion, she is a rapper, but she is also just destabilizing a lot of what we think of as a rapper, which is going to happen mm. anyway, because times will change, things will mm-hmm. evolve. But I think yeah. we're still very much, and Remy and many others, it's like, yeah, there's just a lot of prescriptivism and a lot of purist ideologies being placed on her, which is why yeah. people are agreeing with her. Because in some respects... I would say she's not wrong, mm. but I also I would say Doja Cat is a rapper, but she's I would say a multi hyphen pop star who can rap. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. know what it is as well? Like being a polymath, being polymathic, you know, good at multiple things. Um, humans just as classification, they're like they can acknowledge that, but they want to put you in a box. You know, it's like they want to just just human classification, like you know okay, what's the thing you do most prominently? What's the mm. thing that you're most known for? Oh, you're a director, right? But I still want to call you something, mm. you know? I want, I want to call you, what is the title when I write a piece or categorize you or interview you or or reference you to my friends in the car? What am I going to say mm. about Doja Cat? Oh, do you know what? Pop selection artist, she raps too. That is how it goes. Mostly not rapper uh, and she's in the pop lane. It usually goes... She's a pop artist, you know, on the cusp of pop, well, she, a few years ago, on the cusp of pop, but she's a rapper too, like, Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's just human classification as well in it, but with the layered isms. 
you know, weighting those a little bit more. But I think with Doja, yeah, she's a rapper just as much as she can sing, like, or, or is, you know, carry a tune, however you want to say, however you define singing, whatever. But she is equally as part, just like she produces. She's a producer mm-hmm. as well. Look how hard it's going to be to add producers to our arsenal. When we've seen the Instagram videos of her literally making a beat from scratch mm-hmm. and sampling her piano keys and all of that and her keyboard keys or whatever, and then turning it into something else, it's like, it's so layered, so complex, and people just can't say this, 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 and this. Even Solange, you know, director, all of this kind of stuff. She, there was an article, my one of my favorites about her, the polymathic force of nature or something like that for the New York Times. Um, and she's, you know, primarily known, as you know, a singer, and then the other stuff comes after that. Mm-hmm. Beyonce, known, does a million different things, there's one name that we need to know first, singer. You know, even though she is so much more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, Travis it's Gambino just, does yeah. everything. I was literally we waiting. Yeah. I was and literally, we allow him to be everything. Yeah. Well, no, actually, yeah. the point I was going to bring up isn't that we allow go, him, go but I it. think he actually, he pushes it. So, he you does. know, so he, he, he controls the narrative when it comes to how people interact with his brand because, you know, he goes by Donald Glover and he mm. goes by Childish Gambino. Mm. But also yeah, with the, the projects that he releases, he chooses how he wants his fans to interact with his music. Mm. So he'll decide if he wants to release like a R&B, like rock type of album, or if he wants yeah. to go straight like bars, rapping like on camp, for example. Um, yeah. And I think that's a very interesting kind of, conversation because it's it's it kind of it, it allows us to understand how men are allowed to be one thing and women kind of aren't allowed to navigate the industry in exactly the same type of way and mm. with regards to Remy and how she's interacting with Doja Cat like Chope said I can understand um where Remy's coming from with regards to like her purist approach to rap um yeah. DMX actually says something very similar about Drake um, how he doesn't like the way Drake talks, doesn't like what Drake talks about. He even said the same thing about Rick yeah. Ross as well, because he just he didn't like. He basically said that Rick Ross only talks about food and like money and all these different types of things. Um, yeah. So that generation kind of have a certain type of view when it comes to what rap is, and I kind of understand what they're, they do. what what they say. Um, and to be fair, like as as uh, millennials, we have a very similar type of view with regards to mumble rap. Like we look at mumble rap, uh-huh. and we're like uh-huh. that's not rapping, that's not, that's not you know, rap. that's not real, all of that type of stuff. And you know, I I do that as well. When I listen to some music, I'm like, what is this? I can't even understand what the person's saying. Like, how how is this mm. rap? All of the above. Like, I did that for Young Thug for the longest time, um, and I still do. I'll keep a hundred. Mm. I still do. Like, I listen to some songs. I'm just like, what am I supposed to do with this? Um, mm. But I I find it interesting, and I wonder if Remy Ma has the same opinion about Drake, for example. Um, I, I looking at Doja Cat's career and kind of the music she made before she kind of blew up again and before she released Moo and all of the above and then became who she is now. Mm. I don't know if we would classify her as a rapper. And, you know, it was later on in her career that she grew into that. Um, but, you know, it's funny rap- though, because she's been rapping. That's the funny thing is, she's been rapping. Like the SoundCloud says it all. Like she has been, there's been as much singing as there's been rapping. Like yeah. and I think Moo maybe changed, and even on like Moo is so. a bit of rap. Moo is like it's not. Did Moo have rap, rap on it? 
like like the bitch the ad libs like there's a bit of you know starting like I don't know there's like it's not singing like it's not like let's say that sing rap whatever you want to call it but performing like there's something on there but I think even with um even say so she raps she does I'll never forget the clip of um oh what is it a pot 97 um with little Uzi Vert I will never forget the clip where Rosenberg um literally what's the other one Rosenberg and um Laura Styles Ebro no Ebro Ebro oh it's Ebro that clip I will hold him to it forever because 2017 this guy was like so mumble like you really think you're gonna be here like all of this like really making him feel like shit and little Uzi Vert wrote act up Little not not little Uzi Vert, little Yai, little little Yai and little Uzi Vert, he did this too. But little Yai wrote actor. Little Uzi Vert is one of the biggest in his genre right now. Still, mm. the fans turn up and sell. You know, like he sells records. He's on the top of the billboard when he drops anything. I'm just like, it's so funny to see like archaic views and stuff like that. Sometimes you can acknowledge that the music isn't for you, but it's for someone. The audience is right there, and they think you know, Young Thug is innovator little wayne got it really hard when he switched up his um his musicality and he started to use his voice as an instrument a little bit and people didn't understand him you know skinny jeans you know all of that like he got it hardcore like he got it in the late 2000s as well and it's like imagine that but with being a woman added Mm. on to that like that's like tenfold so with doja i just think the people who get it get it the people who don't don't and i think in seven eight nine ten years we'll be having a completely different conversation it's true one thing it's true sometimes you just gotta wait to see the vision and it's unfortunate that things are like that but she's gonna move the needle that much forward for the next woman for doji doji who just signed to tde she's exactly the same like all of these iterations weirdly enough and i i really don't want to shine light on this one I don't like her morality side of things but everything that Nicki Minaj wanted to be on Starships is where Doja is now everything that you know <laughs> uh, like no no not even like no no, no. Nicki Nicki is known Nicki has she, she's in history listen she was the only one for a good amount of years like the only visible one that is but she in a certain in her early phases you know the Starships era and um, Roman Reloaded era um that was who she wanted to be and I will Terrible always say album. that Hot Pink is exactly who Nicki wanted to be. Like, exactly, down to a T. The placement, where Doja was in pop at that time. Like, the acceptance. And let's not let's not get it twisted. There is colorism. There is racial uh-huh. factors towards Doja's success. Uh-huh. There is huge racial uh-huh. um, mechanics towards Doja's success. And she knows that. She, she's a very smart girl. She knows that as well. And she's discussed race as well. Um, uh, and her 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 makeup in terms of who she is and where she comes from and stuff. She she knows that and she's very cognizant of that. And I like that she discussed she's discussed that before. But um, but also you know yeah, Nikki Nikki wanted to be that pop fit. Not maybe not now. Of course, maybe not now. But at that time, she wanted a bite of that. She she got some, and again, she opened the door for maybe a Doja to be here as well. But the magnitude, the album being accepted in all communities, the black community scrutinized Nicki Minaj for that. 
what are you doing? Who do you think you are? You better come back to hip hop. Like that, it's also there was a the lot. Songs were shit. That's, that's, can we also talk no, about? No, 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 no. But there, no, but there was. I think it was layered. I like think Starships, it was super layered. I'm sorry. You're right. I think though. it was You're layered right. though. You're very. There good, was. There was. Even if there correct. were the Katy Perryist pop songs for that moment, she would with rap obviously on it because one thing about Nicki, she was gonna rap. But you know, they would have got scrutinized the same. Or two, there would have been a weighted. You know, especially 2012. Nikki pop nah. Mm. But nah. also to add nah. into your point, also with Dojan, what we're seeing is the fluidity of Azealia Banks. Like 100%. Azealia also goes between singing and rapping, and also, mm. but also the way Doja is really allowed to step into different genres and sonic palettes. That's what Azealia was mm. doing mm-hmm. in 2012. And we were like, not me, but others were like, oh, house music over rap. Oh, yeah. Alternative, but you're rapping, oh, but you're singing now. And obviously, Zelia shot her, herself in the foot with her being problematic. But also, I'm saying that to Nick's point. Yeah, she was working with Pharrell. She was pop pop. Exactly. But also working with um, like, also working with Lone and working with like Maurice Joshua and these house producers as well, but rapping over them mm. as well. And that's what I'm saying. I think we're seeing that with Doja as well because Doja could easily do a, a house song now and it probably would blow. It would work. Oh, wait. Oh, let's get even better. Boss Bitch from Birds of Prey. She took Azalea's yes. blow. Yes, like, let's yes. talk about that. See, like, there we go. That was, yes. Yeah. So, there like, we go. again, Doja, Doja is an amalgamation of the women who came before her. And mm. I'm sure she would, well, she's acknowledged Nikki. She, she stuck her flow on her latest album to sing credit to her and all of that. And they collaborated together. So, Doja acknowledges her influences. And I think yeah. it's, it's beautiful to see that. But I would love a, a, a kind of, you know, a lifting of the climb mechanic because honestly, I'm telling you now, and this isn't even from a stand perspective or anything, this is literally just facts. If you guys let Azalea Bank in the game, I'm telling you, everyone in their mother cunt would have been destroyed. I'm telling you right now. It's true. Like, that is just a fact. It's like, it's the true. pen, the ad-libs, the energy, the eyes, the vision. The, the vision. vision. Oh, she was like, definitely like, ahead of her what? time. Definitely. The raw she talent. Was, like I'm scratching my eyes out right now. Like she is a cannon waiting to be on. Like it's insane. Oh, it's insane. I, I can't lie. That woman. Like Azalea was technically making like grime. Like if if you listen to Broke of Expensive Taste, there are some songs on there where she's like oh, rapping yeah. over garage type beats where you're just like, this is yeah. That's oh, yeah, she garage too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 As I'm like, saying, Azalea is another one like like Doja. Um, Zilia pulls from a massive range of influences mm. and resources, a massive range. Mm. Her references are crazy. Tyler the Creator, too, is another one, but he's a man. So he's mm. like, but even then, actually, back to point actually about how we didn't let Nikki be a pop star back then. Well, we did, but we just didn't appreciate it for it. Tyler's another one. Like, I feel, and Tyler spoke about this recently. Yeah, I tweeted yeah. that I watched the whole 97 interview finally a year, a year later. Um, and when I deep it, like I've always liked him, but when I do think about it, like, yeah, I do feel like when he first was coming out of World Future, black people weren't really fucking with him. Oh, he, yeah, he was weird. Yeah, he was seen as the one, he, he was, he was seen... actually seen as the one, yeah, like, yeah, legit. Whereas the BET now, Awards performance, exactly. Like, he was saying, like, he wouldn't get a play on black radio, BET would never invite him to one of his club park. Whereas it took 10 years for that to happen. But even then, we are now already seeing... And a hip-hop album. Let's talk about that. Exactly. And a hip-hop album. Exactly. Because the, the latest album is hip-hop, hip-hop. Like, exactly. Old-school hip-hop. Exactly. Like, no, so... but, no, but even if you look at, like, you know, Wolf, 
Cherry Bomb. He was rapping on those too. Mm. He yeah, rapping. he's been rapping on all his albums. Exactly. Flower Boy and even Eagle, he gave us a little bit. It was mainly singing and that was mainly like production, but he's another one. Yeah, it was one. production heavy, yeah. He's another one. And like, and obviously Tyler, we're already seeing his children come to the foray. We're already seeing Tyler, mm. the, the, the products of a future Tyler. So it's the same thing. Cause yeah, yeah, 10 years ago, Tyler was not fucked with by black people the way he is today. Even still now, which is why when Beach Kelly went number one, he was like, who is mm. Tyler the creator? No one's riding around Tyler the creator's music, but mm. maybe someone is. But I think what we're saying about the idea of purists, just think purists and their views. And now these people like Tyler, Doja, Azealia, Nikki to an extent were destabilized. Even Drake were, and it, oh, it, Drake, even, yeah. even NERD yeah. as well. Like, you know, they were like a yeah. rock, punk, hip hop group. Yeah. And they, and too, even if Pharrell is Pharrell, NRD have never had a hit album. Mm. Yeah. 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 I'm not like, surprised by that. Even on mine. Yeah. Like, even on mine. And yeah. it's a shame because they're great albums, but hip hop yeah. in 2002, 2004, when those albums came out, it wasn't, it wasn't time for that to flourish. So, like, okay, yeah. bro, go back to making beats. All right. Yeah. The marketplace just wasn't yeah. enough. But yeah. And I we can't, we, we can't just, talk about oh, that period without mentioning Kanye, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, we the can't king, talk about the, the king of backpack rap. Yeah. And yeah. also like melodic rap. Like yeah. Kanye yeah, yeah, was one yeah, of the yeah. first yeah. to do it. So Definitely. you just gotta think about how he was allowed to do it. I don't know. It's a very interesting kind of critique. And I understand like it sounds like a generational generational issue more than anything, to be honest. Um I don't <laughs> think it was kind of said in a way that it was supposed to be an attack. I it think really it really was, wasn't like that wasn't. wasn't meant to be a soundbite. <laughs> If you watch the clip, she was just being matter of fact. Yeah. Remy Remy, one thing about Remy, she supports women in rap. Like, let's not. Like, honestly, like she does. Like, and she she, I've seen pictures of her with Doja. Like, they genuinely mess with each other. Like, it's not even that deep. She was just a bit tips, said a little comment here. And that's her opinion. And it it is what it is. There's a purist opinion. I think music is changing. You know, genre blending isn't new, but we are at the height of it right now. Yes. You know, um, yes, continent are. continents are merging together. Music is learning from one another. And I think definitions will change and fluctuate over the time. I just think it's a generational thing. And, you know, hip hop in its conventional sense was a huge impact on the industry in the 70s, 80s and 90s. Like, of course, people are going to think that if that was their early references at the time, at a mainstream level, you know, Ice Cube, you know, NWA, like, um, you know, even the transition, yeah, even the, even the transition from the start of hip hop to the 90s, why are these niggas rapping about guns? There was, there was so many different discussions, you know, the Source Awards, making our music and embarrassment, you know, all of that kind of stuff, Master Shorty, all of this, like, there's been so many different, the Atlanta infusion, why these niggas slurring and all, like, hello, the Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff, yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes, Will Smith. Will Smith got critiqued so badly as well. Like, like when pe- he first entered, people like, f- so many eras. People forget hip hop initially was just party music. It was never supposed to be deep or mm. about real life and struggles. It was just. It was a lot of it was party music. A lot of the mm. early rappers were party were just were party songs. And then and also let's let's talk about the distinction between rap and hip hop as mm-hmm. well because rap was the start and then hip-hop came later and hip-hop was seen as the enemy of rap like let's talk about that really like because 
hip hop was not always beloved by people. It's the, maybe the most popular genre in the States right now. Mm. And arguably success is over here as well in the hip hop genre, but no, like it just wasn't seen. The old parents, that first generation, they were not, you were not going to the house party. Like yeah. listening to that, Snoop Dogg, oh, you better go home. Like LA rap, LA rap in the start, California, nah. Compton, mm-hmm. nah. Like, no, you're staying at home. So there's been, there's so many different iterations. So this is just a result of, to be honest, a critique that's been in hip hop since its inception, misogyny, misogynoir. Like, you know, there's been songs about people's moms. Okay, like, yeah. it's not as deep. So this is a mentality that's just um, sprouting itself out in many different forms of analysis and enjoyment of the genre as well. It comes with its its challenges. It's not the only genre to have its challenges, you know, but Doja is a rapper who happens to be a pop star as well. And yeah. he's winning. So, you know, yeah. and it is and, what it is. And also just on that point, um, just because I saw it, I saw we retweeted it. Tiana, so Tiana, the writer, she wrote like a dissertation um mm. called reggae grime and drill love her basically talking about kind of the influences in the uk but then she yeah. wrote afterwards that if if women want to kind of succeed in rap they need to be making drill right now and i think that discussion is particularly interesting when we talk about um what women are allowed to do with regards to yeah. rapping and engaging yeah. with rap as an art form um because drill is given an opportunity for a lot of people to kind of you know, float over 808s and kind of um, speak yeah. about new topics and engage with TikTok in a way where, you know, people who may not engage with rap will kind of enjoy the beat or be able to use it creatively. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, if we're happy to move on, we can move on to the Central Sea topic just fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like it's a good kind of um, segue because we... So, yeah, we spoke about hip-hop, we spoke about rap, we spoke about women in rap and kind of um, led straight into drill. So a conversation I've been seeing in a while, so they spoke about this on Halfcast, so Chucky was talking about this, and um, Central, C just, oh, Central C just released a new project called 23, um, which came out a few months ago. Um, which isn't his his kind of debut album as of yet, but is the mixtape that everyone was waiting for. Went to number one in the UK recently as well. Um, and he's been seeing a lot of success in the UK as a result of the singles from that um, mixtape and the one before that, Wild West. Um, so I've had a conversation with Chopin separately um, just about Central Sea and kind of looking at the way people engage with him as an artist versus kind of drill artists in general. And I kind of just wanted to kind of get an understanding of where you guys were sitting with Central C as an artist. And I say that because arguably he's probably the biggest uh, upcoming artist in the UK at the moment um, in terms of numbers, in terms of interaction. And um, from what I see from reaction channels and um, stats and chart positions, He's yeah. arguably being seen as the one to make the crossover um, and pretty much blow up. So I just wanted to get your mm. opinions on Central C, um, what you think of him as an artist, kind of um, what mm. you see for him as an artist and all the above. So feel free to just start and we can go wherever. So um, I haven't played 23, but I did play Wild West and I was really impressed actually with the um, locality of marketing i'm just going to make a really central point uh, a separate point not central separate mm. point um about shepherd's bush um shepherd's bush is a marketing hub for blackness and um, in my opinion in music there is that youtube um 
billboard that is literally across the roundabout from Westfield. There is that place where I get my roti near, I shouldn't have given my information <laughs> away, but near where I get one of my rotis, it's fine. Um, roti Jaffa, go support local black businesses. But um, yeah, there's a billboard there that literally is an old school ad space, you know, um, you, you just put big billboards there. It's not a digital one, it's kind of like a paper one. And there, under the tunnel, Goldhawk Road. Actually, I'm really baiting my life. I don't live near there, so it's fine. But yeah, Goldhawk Road under the station is like all the black artists get promoted there. There is ad space there. I don't know why that is. Well, actually, I do know the demographic kind of aligns, but it's just Shepherd's Bush is a hub. It's one of the black hubs in London. And basically, because Central Sea lives in that area um, of, of West London or thereabouts they basically painted um wild west across the floor they put it on the billboard of course they had even a montage on a wall saying wild west central sea and i was just i'm really impressed like with the locality and regionality of it and like how they activated in that space so that is just a separate marketing point i really love marketing so i like talking about it but yeah um great out of home mechanics um but in terms of Central C. Um, you know me, you know me, I love drill, RIP pop. Um, or I love what drill's doing in terms of building bridges across the world, should I say. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of where we're at with UK drill um, and Central C, I think I enjoyed aspects of Wild West. However, I think he represents the should I call this the third phase of drill? I'm going to call it the third phase. And I think the third phase of drill is commercial drill, right? And not a lot of people are going to like the analogy that I make, but it's kind of like what Stormzy represents crime, right? Um, and I think what I say, how why I say that is because I think Stormzy is very, it's a watered down version of grime's initial roots and origins if you listen to grime and know the trajectory you'll agree with me or at least understand where i'm coming from but with central c i think there's a lot to do with his stature what he looks like mm -hmm. for his success in my opinion um tone skin tone has a lot to play a bit like doja cat yeah um i think musically do we I know what race like he is yeah we do yeah, there's a, I'll let Eden, I want to, yeah. this is Eden's topic, so I'll let you classify and do all that context in life. But um, that has been a topic of discussion, though, which Eden, I'm sure, is aware about. But um, I think he represents, yeah, the commercial drill. That was my original point. And I think it's the pop version of drill. I think H, not H, the other one. What's the other one? RD. RD plays into that a little bit as well. He's taken some little tidbits. He's not completely drill, but some of his songs are. Um, and I think there's a bit of fetishization going mm -hmm. on with how the mainstream view drill. Mm -hmm. So oh, Central C, Central C just fits into that mechanic. Yeah. And it's yep. different from when Pop Smoke was the face of New York drill. It's very different mm -hmm. because there wasn't that pop smoke was about everything that he rapped and i'm not saying central c isn't but i'm saying that 
there's a bit of a softness there compared to what is going on, like in terms of like what what's being rapped about versus the reality. And do you mean what do you I, mean by softness? Just for clarity, I think pop. <laughs> Pop was getting street threats every day, nigga. Like, he, knew, he could, he, like, look at how Pop died, okay? Yeah. Like, let's just look at that. Like, there was a lot going on. Let's just say that. There was, a, there was a lot going on. The fact that he did his British tour and went back and all of that, that's just a miracle for, for men like him. Um, Central Sea, bit of rough around, a little bit of rough around the edges from what I've read. Um, I actually reviewed Wild West for Enemy, um, but so that allowed me to do the research into the lyricism and stuff. But um, it's just not the same. It's not quite the same. Like in terms of the harsh realities and the threat level, he is getting a bit of threats on Snapchat and stuff like that. But it's not. It's not Snapchat, the same magnitude. Wow. A lot of artists be on Snapchat. Like there's a lot going on. But um, yeah. So Central City. I'm not, the thing is, I'm really not trying to be shady because I'm not, like, I don't, I'm not trying to be shady. Let's be honest. Just some be honest. of the music, like, some of the music I actually like, it makes sense why it's commercial and popular and stuff. I just think he represents a dilution mm-hmm. of the sound, um, whether that's intentionally or not, or the label has had some influence there. Mm. Um, oh, no, wait, it's in distribution, let's say distribution, because it says, 2021 Central Sea but you know distribution arms and stuff but um Central Sea um yeah he represents the mainstream commercialization of drill and he knows that he definitely knows that and he's playing into that and he deserves he deserves to 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 thrive if he wants to thrive he's not problematic in my opinion from what I've seen I just think the isms of the world again like with everything are helping him along and Mm -hmm. i'm sure he's cognizant of that i'm sure i'm really sure he's cognizant of that and that's absolutely fine but and this isn't even a slight on him i don't want people to think i hate i don't hate the dude i don't even know the dude you know um but yeah commercial Mm -hmm. drill oh hey shopper commercial drill all right well Wait, actually, before you start, let me just answer your question with regards to where he's from. So yeah. he's Irish Guyanese, um, but with like Arawak, Arawak descent. Um, mm-hmm. So like he's not, you know, people question if he's like black mixed race or anything along those lines. He, he's not. He's Irish Guyanese with Arawak descent. So I just wanted to kind Very of throw that in there. And just for context, just so you can kind of respond to that shop and answer your, you know, okay. respond to that what so, you think of him so i'm gonna preface this with two statements oh. <laughs> um i am by no means a drill expert a drill aficionado that's my first statement and secondly i have not heard a project of this young man however oh even though oh. i've been okay yeah Eek. Oh. Eek. however i'm not i'm not completely ignorant i've heard several of his songs I work in music. Oh, that's fine. You can make an opinion. I work in music. I can't avoid it. And and like and also I've worked with a drill artist. So I've seen how the media Of course you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've yeah. seen how media and white journalists in particular Ooh. oh busting nuts over drill and drill. The man music. said <laughs> busting nuts. Listen, certain editors, it's their personality trait. It's their personality trait. <laughs> 
I've heard verbatim, verbatim. It's their personality. Yeah, thing. no, I'm sorry. Like, it's just so... You can't walk a lick without playing Heady 1, Central C, A, oh, someone else. It's so strange to me, but some of the way these white journalists and entities that I've dealt with over the years, the, the enthusiasm that they seem to have for these rappers and their stories <laughs> and their backgrounds, it's just so weird to me. It's like, I don't know. It's just like... Meanwhile, you're like some... 37 year old white man from Newcastle and it's just like (laughs) it's just so strange to me so that's the context I'm coming from with my point so I have obviously heard several of his songs and even I actually did say I I I did say there are a few that I don't mind Mm -hmm. so so I I thought you may have sold the wrong story I think he's like a terrible shit artist no 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 definitely not no but I do look at him I listen to his music and I watch the videos and I'm just like I'm not saying he shouldn't be successful, but I'm just like, mm-hmm. but what is it about him that is overtaking him to the point where people are now saying that, yeah, he'll probably be the one to really take Drew into a crossover lane and make it international. Like, why him, of all people? And like I said, I'm not an aficionado, but like I said, I've worked with Drew Ice and I'm in the music industry, so naturally my ears have been attuned to various artists. And yeah. just naturally, as somebody who's curious, I always check things out, you know? And people who I actually like, I won't say like I'm I'm fans of. I've actually listened to their projects and I like them. Like you know, I look at Unknown T. I look at Millions. I oh, I love him. Unknown T. One of the yeah. most talented artists over here and so, in that genre. So let's use him as an example. I really enjoyed um, his last project, Adolescence. I really enjoyed. So that. good, so good. And I'm so just good. and the thing is, outside of it being you know, whatever, drill, whatever, whatever that means. But also, mm. I have this felt with him and some of the others. There's actually, and you know me, I'm an uncle. You know me, I look for musicality. I look for, you know, all these extra things, the bells and whistles. It's not just about the same. No, he's so good, on Fruity Loops and the same bars. You know what I mean? I just kind of felt like there was more of an artistry with people like him, people like Millions, even to extent K-Trap. You know what I'm saying? It was un- with... Oh, okay. K-Trap's so good as well. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Okay. Like, yeah. K-Trap's and if Nick's so saying it's so clearly what I'm saying makes some sense. If I'm because obviously I'm no, K-Trap is so good. Like the musicality. No, the musicality. K-Trap okay. Is there. And that's what I'm saying. When I hit, when I listen to their projects and their songs, I'm like, okay. Like I said, I'm not the drill superstar. You know me. I'm not a Bianco. That's me. But I'm just saying, when I do check out these things, I'm getting something else from these artists beyond just a oh my god, it's drill. <laughs> I'm getting more. You know what I mean? You mean it's not a, they're not mm. jumping on a hype? It's yeah, genuine. Like I can saying. actually I can listen to their music and see something else beyond the fact that it's just oh it's the hottest sound right now in the UK music scene. You know what mm. I mean? It's their personality, bro. Like I'm guaranteed yeah. the way he uses his voice. It's like, the storytelling. Love. It's the production. There's so many other elements that I can you know pull from and comment Big on fact. positively. Whereas Central C, Big like I said, fact. I've not heard a project, so I could be wrong, but I've heard several songs, and I'm just like, like I said. No shade to him. I w- you know, wish you all the best. It's really not that deep to me. But I'm just like, but there are others who I feel are making better music than you. And they are not getting the same push. And they're not getting the same numbers, the same streams, and the same investment. And it's because Nick said, there's obviously the colorism stuff, but also the fetishization of drill that's happened anyway, the commodification that's happened anyway, that I've seen with my own eyes. And now it's like, ah, we've now got someone who's perfect to be our poster child. Him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, 100%. He the boxes. Yeah. He's not actually the best. Yeah, I agree with what you're in- saying. And that's my issue. And like I said, 
I could, I'm not going to say that I would play his album and I wouldn't like it. I'm sure there were songs that I would like. Yeah. My brother is a, is a fan. I've heard it in the house. But I just look around. I'm just like, but, but, you know. And even if I'm going to, you know, do PR by Chopin, even Hedy's last mixtape, I thought it was quite underrated, by the way. I know it didn't really do as well with Edna, but even that, I'm like, there were certain songs on that. And even with Hedy too, there's just a, and, you know, obviously Nick has interviewed him. You know, there's a, a musicality there's an intention there not with everything yeah but with some of the songs of the central it just seems like uh what's what i'm looking for manufactured manufactured drawing board let's yeah. put this against the wall Bam, yeah we're gonna put a grand daily premiere the end bad number one album yeah that's I... what and that's my issue oh dear. So hopefully <laughs> that was a nuanced uh, response and that makes sense no no because i absolutely get what sense. you're saying I absolutely get what you're saying and um I hope it's known that when I initially brought it up it wasn't to kind of say that you were saying one thing it was kind of more so to just try and understand your perspective when it came to Central C because you know I was looking at him from a very kind of surface level I think it's it's nice to just listen to music sometimes and not think about the politics that comes behind it right. um which mm-hmm. you know sometimes we need to but at the same time you need to give your brain a rest and actually just enjoy the art form mm. but when I do Thanks sit that. down and think about Central C as an artist I understand kind of the reservations he does have an advantage that we need to kind of take into consideration um he is white passing I will say he is not white, Ooh. but he he pre- he presents as white to some people. Um, but at the same time, I would say that I think he's a very talented person. But in terms of like marketing, that's the area that really kind of it, it makes him explode. And that's due to like his manager, YBs. Um, so kind of in order to go further into this, we would need to kind of look at Central C's history as an artist and understand where he's come from, because he didn't start with drill. You know, he came out in 2015 on Bonkers um, Ain't On Nothing yeah. remix. And kind of throughout that, he he was like discovering himself. So he's been in the UK rap industry for a long period of time, like for at least five or six years, making like hip hop, UK rap, all of the above. And then he was introduced to YBs in 2019. And that's when he started to make drill. And that's kind of, I guess, goes back to Nick's point about what you know nick didn't say this word but i think what he meant and correct me if i'm wrong if i'm wrong nick but um unknown t is authentic in what he's saying because that is who he is as a person and when he makes the music exactly when he makes the music you hear that it doesn't sound like a caricature not that i'm saying that's what central c is but with regards Mm. to you know the way central c engages with um drill it is very formulaic it is very um you know if we Like, for example, there's a song on 23 called Straight Back To It. And I was watching this um, YouTube show called, um, what was it, 23 Sit Down or something? It's like by Core or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. It's basically a show where they play an album for like 30 people. And um, they basically talk about if it was good, like what they liked about it and stuff like that. And when that song came on, people saying it was like really nursery rhyme-ish. And I understand that critique when it comes to dry, when it comes to, to drill. So I said drime. When it comes to drill, um, there is this kind of basic flow, or um, you know, they sample a song from like the 2000s, pitch it up, and then speed it, like increase the decrease the speed on it and everything, and then suddenly try to make it into a hit. You know, H, that song is terrible. I can't even like that baby song is awful. 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 Let them know. 
terrible song. Listen. When I first heard it and people were reacting to it and saying, oh, this is amazing. It's awful. It's terrible. But anyway, not about not about H today. And so um, was that song with his twin. Oh, Adi. Yeah. I, you know what? When it comes to who's at the forefront of Drill right now, I, I have some issues. Um, I think H is an incredibly talented rapper. Like listening to his bars, you know, he's very hit and miss with like his projects, I would say personally. Um, but I'm just very pardon me you could definitely rap oh 100% H can spit like honestly Mm. like there's no this isn't me critiquing him as a rapper because he definitely deserves to be where he is um but there is this kind of thing of who gets pushed to the forefront and you know with Central C pardon me is he the front of Jarrell like H is he considered the front of Jarrell no I know I didn't say he was not I didn't say he was the front I said he gets pushed to the forefront so he's one of the of drill though of drill yeah of drill and the UK well Actually, really? you got a point. You got a point. You got a point. I feel like some of these artists are dipping into it for trends, but then the yeah. overall kind of thing is rap. But I get what you mean when they can, when they do dip into it, it's considered revolutionary or something. No, you are right. No, you, no, I was wrong. No, I was yeah. wrong. H isn't at the forefront of drill. I was wrong for saying that. It's more so, like you said, Nick, when he does certain types of things, he's seen as yeah. kind of at the forefront, at least by myself. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when no, it comes how people push him, yeah, and how people uh, how people interact with him, how labels kind of interact mm. with him as well. But Central C in particular, yeah. I'm just really intrigued in his career because when you look at the numbers, like you look at um 23 going to number one, it's an EP or it's an it's a mixtape. Sorry, you look at um Wild West going to number two. You look at um like over 80 million or how I can't remember how many million I didn't have time to research that but if you look at loading and how many times that's been streamed and interacted with his youtube numbers are insane his exactly like if you look at how many people follow him on spotify like this isn't me hating i'm i'm actually very impressed by the marketing very impressed by the image if i'm not mistaken america's starting to fuck with him oh yeah yeah he goes to basketball games he hangs out with that um, u.s rappers and all of the above like in my opinion, if I'm keeping it 100, I think Central C is the one that will make the proper crossover. And I say that acknowledging the fact that he is, you know, white passing to a lot of people. Like, although you can see that he isn't white, in my opinion, you can look at him and say he isn't white. I, like, I for the longest time, I just thought he was mixed race. Like, I thought he was like maybe half black, half white, and, you know, just fair skin because that's very common. Um, you know, my grandmother looks like that because she's mixed race yeah, and all yeah, the above. Yeah. Like, but that's not the case. Um, but I do think that aids him in a way that other rappers don't get that introduction in the same type of way. Obviously, he's an attractive person. Like, you know, people are going to be attracted to him as well. He has the image to go global, in my opinion. Like, he has everything he needs to go global. Um, but I'm just a bit intrigued. I just wanted to kind of hear what you guys thought about him because on Halfcast, they were talking about if he would be considered a superstar someday. And I was just there, like, eek, eek, I, I was, just, I, I was I there, like, about this whole thing. Go on, then. I have some thoughts. I think. He's definitely going to be big for now here. Mm-hmm. America aren't ready for us still. And oh, okay. I think Drill, while really popular, isn't in the position of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And I think if we look at 5 Foreign, for example, who is probably the next most commercial in that market doing Drill beyond pop, 
Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers aren't humongous. Like they obviously they're successful, but it's not blockbuster hit mm. numbers. Like, and I think even if we look at Drill's first phase, Little Dirk, look at the music he creates now versus when he first came out. And I know Drill has changed, and it's you know New York and London Drill. Um, UK drill, sorry, New York and UK drill, Chicago, are arguably different amount. No, no, I'm saying they're different from just the Chicago iteration of drill uh, okay. because Chicago's drill mirrors more trap, mm-hmm. whereas this form of drill is completely like musicality wise, it's different. It's just the BPMs different, all of that kind of stuff. But I think with Dirk and his musical offering, he hasn't even stayed true to drill. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's fine it's fine like artists can change whatever i'm not saying he owed something to drill yeah. but like him in his biggest phase of his career he is the one of the biggest artists right now biggest rappers he's melodic rapping right mm-hmm. now that's his proposition so i think central c can be seen at these bars and that's the thing that's the false equivalence that i get all the time with like a lot of people who are writers and people who assess the UK industry and stuff like that. Stormzy can go to a basketball to make, tomorrow and be recognised. He ain't selling nothing in the <laughs> States. And I'm not even trying to be rude. He's selling nothing. Skepta, you know, his song with ASAP, only just multi-platinum. That's him with ASAP. At well, best. Not you, At solo. best, Stormzy could do the House of Blues over there. At best. Yeah, like, and that's fine. And that's like, not shame. to admit. And festival-wise, yeah, you can get booked to the big festival. Stormzy can definitely do the big festivals and be on the lineups and stuff. He's at that level. Not a headliner. Um, little, little sims of, not headliner, but he can be on the festival build and make a presence in that sense. But selling albums, selling units beyond LA and New York, it's looking dicey. It's mm. looking very dicey. Um, little Sims arguably on everyone's mouth for quality in the US like all the big names know who she is Kendrick mm-hmm. Lamar even the endorsement she's not moving numbers and I, and I love her like she's breaking through over here not moving units over there and that's the thing you can be tapped you can pay paparazzi to be when, when you're at the airport like a lot of these mechanics are press mechanics mm. press like with Shenzia yeah. doesn't generate sales I'm, I'm just saying that it does it contributes to it but it's part of a very big pie mm-hmm. and i think with central c drill is popular over there like it, it really is but the accent thing across genres has consistently told us in most cases you ain't making it over in the states mm-hmm. that's the afrobeats problem right now as well mm-hmm. you know there's there's a lot of work to do in that market if we even want to be seen in that market anymore do you know what i mean because the way the world's going we don't need the u.s we don't we actually don't that yeah. the chipmunk album in the state like we don't need to do all that we really don't you know, even even ella may who, who's dropping in a few weeks i'm not really seeing the i'm, I'm not I'm, you know this was my assessment Ooh. with her first album the sophomore Ooh. album is going to tell us if she sticks Ooh. or if a hit carried Ooh. her across the line is it, hey, hey, is hey, it hey, real? hey, hey, it was two hits. It was two hits, but it two. It's, it's two more than Shopping. one. It's two more than one, really. It's two more than one. No, Soldier Boy got two hits. You know, like, do you know wow. what I mean? But, but you're completely correct. But even though we're not discussing LMA right now, I will say, um, no, the buzz is not there. The buzz is not there. It's no one looking cares. dicey. Okay. 
But it's also because you're too long. Who who do you think should take it four years? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. You should have had that album. I mean, the pandemic, the pandemic definitely killed a lot of people's plans. But uh, yeah. But the people still released albums in 2020. I know, I know, but you know what? Like a lot of artists did hold back as well and said, I'm not doing it. They and the thing is, I I completely get that ignorance. Like we were all a naivety. I completely get it. Like, That's oh, fair. next year, you know, I completely get it. Like, nothing. I, listen, I would listen. I wouldn't be dropping an album during a pandemic. If I, I'm telling, I'm telling you right now. If I was on Bree's team, I'd be telling them hold back, and she did. No, you know, we'll see least, what that does. But like, but you at know, least they're visible. With, Ella just kind of yeah, disappeared. An EP, an EP. You could have done a sound. A mixtape, Spotify, something. something. Could have done something. You know, do YouTube covers, like do something. But yeah. you just completely disappeared. I thought booed up and trip was gonna save you in 2022, and it's a shame because unlike most people, well, not most people, unlike well, what appears on black twitter i like her music is she the best in modern r&b hell no but i like her i enjoy her wait we're, but... we're going on a tangent Eek! sorry yeah. yeah the point was central c in america yeah no, but i, th- sorry, I think we've, assessment... yeah, go on, i think we've discussed all angles with central c to be honest i just kind of wanted to basically discuss the idea of central c as an artist what people think of him what you guys think of him you know doing your own independent research of Drill Nick, for example, and Chope, you know, you come into terms with Central C as an artist, but also your experience PRing for one of the biggest drill artists in the country. Yeah, I was just really intrigued yeah. to kind of get your opinions and see what your perspectives were because he's being spoken mm-hmm. about in very high, like like highly anticipated ways right now. And Support as someone who enjoys his music, I can understand why that is there. But at the same time, I just wanted it from like a slightly more critical lens. Not to say that, you know, half cast, because that's where I originally spoke about. They didn't speak about it in a critical way. I'm just intrigued to see what you both thought independently as well. Um, But yeah, sorry, Shopper, you you said something. I saw someone say that Central C is the Drake of Drill. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, But in terms of the way that he watered down, he waters down Drill, I understand that statement. Like with regards to say, when Drake entered the scene and we it was like you had all of these what is it fair to say gangster rap was still relevant just no, before we, Drake came in? Yeah, I mean we had no but we had other Drake, rappers who Drake did something. before Drake. I know I know exactly what you're gonna say though, like and to finish your point, but then I'll 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 summarize as well. Well, essentially what I'm saying is Drake softened rap. Like Drake, yeah, Drake softened rap and Central yeah. C does something very similar although i would kind of relate central c slightly more to a nipsey with regards to lyrical and mm. um lyrics and marketing is kind of how i'd relate more to nipsey than drake yeah, i um, agree just the way that he's moving and interacting with the industry i think it's more reminiscent to nipsey and the kind of independence mm. like you know there's questions around it independence is. just overall but i relate more to nipsey than drake but i understand the statement of drake because you know light skin um softened a genre that was particularly seen as like rough and you know was critiqued for it and but all I of think, the above. I think they even the even the imagery superstar status. That's why I think they even mean. no, even the imagery though, like Nipsey, I agree. But one thing I'm gonna need people to do is get out of the bondage of <laughs> making these short-sighted statements within months of literal things happening. Like I need you guys to just wait because Drake years, the assessment came years later. The assessment came years later. 
like but three the, years later. But like, I need people to stop. The central, the Drake of, is he even a prince? Yeah, like let, numbers in one one project. He hasn't even released a debut album. And I know this sounds like it's contradicting my old point about debut albums not mattering, but I need people to divest from one rollout equaling they're the prince, they're the queen, they're the this, they're the that. Like, I know we're in a really fast microwavable, not microwavable in terms of quality across the board, because there are some still very talented artists, but just microwavable in terms of things that are moving, really moving, like click, click, click here in 2023. We'll be saying that, literally can't believe it's 2023 in a second, but I need people to still retain a bit of a solid assessment. The art of criticism and the art of assessment is dying because people are making silly little comments. Yeah. They can say he's on the way to, well, let's just add a little bit of gauging and contextualizing around these things. Drake earned his stripes, more than earned his stripes, more than earned his stripes. Like, despite my little Drake Aubrey agenda, like Drake fucking earned his stripes, okay? Like, you know, Nikki, who we spoke about earlier, despite my moral qualms of her, she earned her fucking stripes. She is in the history books. Central C, he could dip tomorrow. Like, let's just, and I'm not even trying to be that old versus new because there are some very new artists, Doja Cat, for example, new art, newer generation artists. She's still putting in the work, you know what I mean? Like, she's killing it, killing it, you know what I mean? But Corday, another promising artist, putting in the work, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But Central C, putting in the work, but there's still some time to look. Saba, putting in the work, but there's still some time, some years to just, let's just let things marinate before we say the Drake of, because Drake put, that's an insult to Drake, really. Really and oh, truly, that is an insult to Drake. But the thing is, Central like, C's been in the game for seven years. Like No, but in his current phase, I mean, like the phase, like, because you said, remember we said that bonkers, you know, the first yeah. iteration of him. And that was, that was a different form of artistry. Like it, it doesn't feel, it almost feels like, and I know that Drake has been, has gone through iterations and stuff, but when Drake went through that transition, the lights were all the way on for him. When Central C was on Bonkers' project, <laughs> like, can we, is there really a back catalogue from all the way back then? Like a real solid, cohesive back catalogue where we can go, in this phase, he was this. In this phase, he was this. And do you know what no, I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like right. now, is, now is more, he was getting his feet wet, of course. Like, and people, artists tend to be in music, whether they're songwriting in the background, featuring all of that for years before they become signed or my first debut EP or whatever it is. But I feel like this central seed, the drill, the full proposition, even if he's still building his artistry, but this is who I am. Yeah, this I think is what I want to say. Do you know I, what I mean? Yeah, I get I what you mean, but making sense. I think it depends on the scope of what the person was referring to. Because I think yeah, fair, fair. When fair, you, if, fair. if 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 you talk, if they're if they're talking on a global scale, though, just going to finish my point. Sorry. So yeah. if if they're talking on a global scale with regards to Drake and Central C, then I understand your point, Nick. But if they're referring to the UK with regards to Central C being like a a Drake of the UK, I get what mm. they're saying because you know Drake has gone through his iterations of being someone who made you know rap slash hip hop, <laughs> yeah. and then became like straight. I don't know. He started to make like some kind of um, dancehall type of music and then kind of yeah. ventured into Afrobeats and all of these different types of things. Very mm. similar to Central C, who went from hip hop, well, grime. Uh, could you say grime? Let's say hip hop, UK rap, hip -hop, hip -hop, and then rap, drill. Yeah. 
So I, I get what they're saying, but I think you're correct. You know, on a wider scale, I don't think it's the same thing. You know what I mean? Like Drake, even with these little trends that Drake hops on, you know what a Drake song is going to sound like. Like a yep. Drake song. You know what I mean? Like there's always a Drake record on an album. Like yeah. even with the fucking drill shit and whatever he's doing, there's there's a Drake song. Yeah, on there's a cheesiness every, to it. There's a there's a Hilarious. yeah, there's a softness. There's a even if it's performative, there's a softness. There's a singing rap, melodic rap. You know, he arguably started the next gen- this generation's version of melodic rap. Oh, hundred percent means and stuff like that, and like the lover element, the egoism in there. That's a Drake record. We yeah. all know what a Drake record is, you know. And with Central C, I just feel like. Do we know what I said? Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of just like I feel like Ooh, good question. We need the uh, we need to with what you're saying about Central C and Drake. If I'm interpreting right, correct me if I'm wrong. We need to see the landscape of Drew in about two years. Yep. If Central C is a marker of that change, then I'll be like, even if it's in a year, if we start seeing little clones and all this shit, I'll be like, right, okay, he he is on the way to becoming one of those who's yeah. changing the face of their genre. You know, not even just the Drake, one of those pioneers who shifts the sound of their genre, you know, Kanye, all of that. Like, he's becoming one of those. Yeah. So I just want to see where we go. Even yeah. RD may follow the formula and then it's like, oh, actually, RD is only successful because, you know, what Central C did and all of that. And I, I can see the lineages and be like, oh, yeah, Central C's project came out before RD was even a thing. And then mm-hmm. RD, you know, copied the template. We may see that. I just think a lot of things are yet to be seen. And I think these these large statements mm-hmm. there's a lot of it does more damage and, yeah and i just think the podcast culture over here and like the sensationalism online um sometimes we've even done this in the past mm-hmm. i know i have like you know where i'm not looking down on anyone by the way i make the same mistakes i critique but like that literally we make these outlandish statements and it's just like let's just hedge a little bit i'm not saying hedge every time to the point where it's like you're too safe but just proceed with caution which is one of our episode names by the way proceed with caution and literally just let's look at the whole landscape like we've done with this central sea conversation like let's look at what's going on everywhere and then layer into our opinion with all of that context there i don't know yeah, not be making sense, but no, yeah. I hear, no, I hear what you're saying. But Shopper, do you want to make a point and then we'll wrap up just because it's no, running no, no. over? You guys have got it. You guys have killed it. Okay, perfect. Well, that was the discussion, um, the Central C <laughs> discussion for today. We just wanted to quickly, well, I wanted mm. to quickly touch on Central C because Shopper and I have been discussing it for a while, and like I said, Nick, you know, writing his articles about the drill landscape and you know all of the conversations we've had. We've also had an episode with Drill Minister where we spoke about yeah. Drill a bit more in depth. So feel free to go to, I always remember this number. I think it's episode, it's season one, episode eight. I know it's eight, but it might be a different season. Um, yeah. But we've spoken about Drill before. Just wanted to bring it up again because, you know, we're in that landscape now. Um, but guys, that was the first episode of season eight. Please leave feedback. Let us know what you think. Support us in any ways that you can. So just pay attention to our social media at D-A-T-S-P-O-D. And like I said, please send in voice notes. Let us know that you're listening. Share us on any platforms that you're on. So whether that's Twitter, Instagram, anywhere. And um, yeah, we're doing like the stands. And we're going to say bye for now. So peace. Cool.